Hello and welcome to a Bergkamp Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast. And before the show, I said to everybody, good luck. We need more than luck. With me tonight, I'm going to go from the top right and start with Mr. Deacon, a Twitch legend in his own making. I watch him quite often. He's quite an angry man, quite a championship manager. Oh, is it championship manager or football manager? Football, football manager now. But, it's been football, football manager for a, for a little yes, while. I should know. I've got the last 15 of them down over there in the corner. Football manager legend. Who are you managing at the moment? Uh, some shitty North London club called Arsenal. And it just depresses me. It uh, absolutely uh, depresses me. I lost the... I lost the title on the last day today uh, from an own goal from Leno. Sounds about right. On goal have you managed to get a bummer young to score a goal? If you have, yeah. could you let Arteta know how, he, how did you how did you manage it? I uh, I played him up front and gave him lots of creative people behind him to give him the ball as many times as possible. <laughs> that, that's that's mental. That's a crazy. I know idea. it's you a crazy theory. I know, but you know, have, have you not thought of partnering? Yeah, well, especially for uh, especially for free kicks and corners, you know, he's a he's a beast in the, with his head. Clearly, right, clearly, yeah. but yeah, no, that's that's what I'm doing at the moment. It's chaos. It's it's a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> secondly, on our guest list tonight, it's Tom. It's been a while, Tom. Uh, how the devil are you, sir? And how the hell is the Guna talk? Which I was watching your one this afternoon. I was busy having a poo because I've got a dodgy belly. I don't know what I've eaten. I was like, you had a lovely new guest on there. You had a really, really top quality guest on there yesterday um what was his name he does um, the, the pod with the grove oh oh um how have i forgotten already this is so bad um <laughs> who was i talking i do so many shows hello he's on, got I'm a weird he's, he's um his twitter name sounds like somebody famous while you're looking up um we've got uh, matt roberts there we've got michael in sweden giuliano salmondo from colombia says buenas noches who was it tom it was uh, Johnny Cochran who does the That's Arsenal uh, Nation podcast. He yeah. was very, very good. He sounded like he was a 50-year-old who had been to Highbury for most of his time. He had that much information. He was. He sounded that disgruntled at times, but another brilliant find. What, was he? A, can you class that as a find by you? I mean, no. I, I, give, the, I give a shout-out to Andrew from, from Dahl Square to where I did a show with him on, on there. So, yeah, he gets the credit for that one. He is very good. And we borrowed your uh, French gooner. Yeah, French What is a top wonderful man. man. Nice guy, French. Unlike unlike our lot, I don't know how you managed to get your lot to turn up, my lot. I mean, the only reason Chris is here is because I'm bribed in with, with rum and uh, salt beef. Does it salt beef they see on the boats, the ships, the pirates? Or was it uh, lime? No, it was rum and some limes. So Because he's got a touch of the rickets, haven't you, Chris? You've got a touch of the rickets at the moment. Who are your bad legs? You know the, you know these times when you just talk and I just sort of look into oblivion. You know, you know those times. It's kind of like like now. Right? I just I just hear. It's like you know when you put your fingers in your ears and you just hear your own heartbeat. When you talk, that's pretty much what happens to me. It just sort of just a noise. Hi, Danny. Was how are you? Nice there. I was going to say that Sean said to me the other day. Sorry. Of all the people you podcast with at the moment, who's your favourite? And I said Chris. I'm I'm quickly changing that. That's, that's lies. That's, that's absolutely Ooh, messenger. Lies. Oh, messenger and asker. But yes, I did. And uh, second was Ellis. And that's not saying much because Ellis doesn't do it anymore because he's too busy saving people's lives. So uh, are you good at well? I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm pissed off at the moment with with various things, but my hip being one of the biggest things that's annoying me right now. But uh, other than that, 
Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, I suppose. Shouldn't grumble. I do, but shouldn't grumble too much. It's all I do but grumble. Deacon made the mistake of asking me how I was. I told him about my dodgy belly, and then he said he's never going to ask me again. That's why Chris doesn't ask. That's why none of them ask. I, don't, I, don't I really never like to know about your bowel movements. One of the lasting ever. memories of you, Danny, is, is you constantly <laughs> talking about your bowel movements. As, mm-hmm. Over the years I've known you, if I if I message you in any capacity, you'll tell me about your bowel movements. And and and, and today you grace me with uh, what was on the menu as well. So I'm, I feel very lucky. Because <laughs> it makes no sense. Grand How could rice details. and bacon make anyone ill? Oh, I don't know. And a jack right. of potato. You forgot jack of potato. See, I remember oh, what you it had. It did. Yeah, it did indeed. Right. Also in the chat box, it's uh, the legendary Ian, Ian, Owen, Owen Young from uh, the Guna Crack podcast and every other podcast. The man is like a dirty strumpet at the moment. If you've got a podcast, you leave the door slightly ajar, he'll be in there like a whippet as a wonderful guest. And he will be joining us for the uh, the, the return leg against um, Dundalk in a whatever the hell we're playing. And also in there, we've got Michael. You've stuck in another one. I've already said hello to you. Tony G, Phil Macker, not Welsh, living in Norwich. Um, call me Puban. Oh, was there somebody on Twitch? Oh, uh, Puban, what's going on, man? He was in my stream today. He watched me have a mental breakdown with losing the title <laughs> on the, uh, the last day. He, I, I pretty much rage quit. It's the last video there. I pretty much rage went, right, fuck this shit. Closed it all down and just walked away from the computer. We have had some new followers on the Twitchings. We have a, yeah. a Deacon Entertainment. Did you tell your wonderful listeners you were going to be on our show today? Yeah, I, I ch- I've, I've chucked a few of them over. Yeah. Yeah. You lovely man. Got Maestro Chan and yeah. Call Me Puban. That's I don't it, know why I read man. that as Camden Pub, but I, I did. And also we had Arsenal Rule uh, say, uh, followers and give us a Prime subscription. If you have any Prime subscriptions, don't give them to us. Go and give them to Deacon, because he does the Twitch all day, every day, and, and he's brilliant. How many days in a row have you done now? It's got to be nearly 60. For, for, for my, for, yeah, it's for, so it's for my mental health. I'm doing CBT at the moment, the first time in my life. Um, just want to sort of tackle that, and I'm a big advocate for mental health and stuff. But oh, I, I normally have the days written there, but at the moment it says Jovino is better than Pepe. So, um, <laughs> But... Uh, <laughs> It's 59, so it'll be 60 days tomorrow, yeah. And as I found out, CBT is not the one where they electrocute you, is it? No, that's electric shock therapy. I've actually spoken to someone who's had that done, and they said it's quite effective. And I was like, (laughs) I think I've seen too many horror films with it. And and, and to be honest, I'm kind of tainted (laughs) the idea of it. But apparently it's quite effective, I don't know. Yeah, Tom. Owen says, uh, wasn't Johnny Cochran OJ Simpson's lawyer? That may well be why it's familiar. Maybe. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> he, he does uh, do the official Arsenal Nation podcast as well. I knew there was another podcast that he was on. I went to try and find him, yeah. but then uh, I got distracted. Uh, Witty remark is uh, saying hello. Another one on the Twitch. That's really good. We've got people in Twitch. Unbelievable. Phil I, I hosted you as well, so everyone oh, that's not yeah. watches my channel will jump in. We can't even get our own people to do it, Deke. It's ridiculous. Oh. Uh, I do do it, but I'm watching someone else at the moment, so you know you just have to get in line. You're a lovely man, Chris. You really are. Uh-huh. Oh, there you no. go. I've gone to my own Twitch, and I'm going to go and, and host it. There you go. So, how long are we into the show before I've actually got on with the fucking show? Seven bloody minutes, Chris. Can you tell yourself what? Who are you watching on Twitch? Um, well, I'm I'm actually watching Twitch and the PSG game. <laughs> So I'm, I'm I'm triple tasking, but it's all good. Mm, nice, it's all you good. make me sick. 
Right. Um, I said to Chris, would you like to host today? And you said, no, I have a lot of things to say. Well, you can start off. We have no agenda. We're just going to be four angry, oh, semi-angry goon. I'm more angry with other gooners than I am with the actual club. Chris, go on, off you go. Mm. Go mad. Well, well I'd, li- I'd like to think that um, I'm sure Deeks and, and Tom will, will, will prod me into um, letting rip on certain things. So I'll just sort of give the basics first and then we'll, we'll just play off each other in a round table fashion um but yeah i mean i'm i'm not angry i'm just disappointed you know that <laughs> phrase that's worse um, yeah it's exactly you know you know like when you're you know when you you're young and your parents only call you by your full name when you've done something wrong <laughs> i kind of i kind of hope that that all the players when they came into training today i, I kind of hope that's what happened i kind of hope they were all called by their first names um and then put vertically upside down into an ice bath and shot out of a cannon um yeah it, it, i think it's times like like sunday's game where i'm actually quite it's quite nice not being on twitter because um i can only imagine it's been a cesspool of toxicity and and dregs since then um luckily as i say i don't i i'm not have no access right now so it's quite nice to not have to deal with that but just from my own perspective it kind of because you take a break from social media you actually you really sort of analyze the games and you really look at what's going on and you really kind of take in what's going on um and i've got to be honest i think we're utterly shite at the moment i mean you know i could i could put it like i could put it nicely and, and be all kind of you know politically correct about it but i just think we're a really bad football team and i actually felt guilty because well only for about a split second because it involves spurs but i watched that horrendous Mourinho defensive um park the bus masterclass against man city and and i was saying to a few people i was like imagine having a team that plays like that well then we went and did worse on sunday and i was like jesus what have i done here i, I i'm very concerned that some players are getting a very easy ride. Um, some people are defending people where they don't need to be defended. And I feel that there's a very fine line between being critical of, of a manager and questioning a manager. And I think we've all been a little bit guilty of maybe going a bit overboard too soon with, with Mikel. Obviously, you know, he had a great start. Um, and I'm not, you know, there there is a perfectly... Uh, there's perfectly level line where you can be critical of somebody and not slag them off, which again is something that I think people often forget in the social media world we live in. My my slight concern is that he, he's a great talker, Mikel. He's a really good talker, but I'm I'm slightly concerned that that talk is now starting to become a little bit hot air, and it, and it's starting to be. I, I, I love the talk, but can we have a bit of action now? We, we keep hearing about period. exactly We're out of the period. Exactly. And, and I made the point on, on Sundays to one of our groups, and I said, if, if we'd have played like that under Unai Emery, there would have been bloodshed. But yep. because it's Mikel, everyone's like, well, no, that's absolutely fine. Now, I'm not saying... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying Unai Emery is, is a masterclass, but Tom will tell you, you know, he's doing great things at VRL. He was very decent at PSG. He's a good manager. He just wasn't a good manager for Arsenal. And sometimes certain managers don't fit. But because Mikel's one of our he own... He wasn't backed either. Yeah. He wasn't backed, let's be fair, he wasn't backed either by the board. No. You know, he asked for Zaha and he got, uh, you know, Pepe and he asked for somebody else. Who, I can't remember who he asked for, but he, and he got the complete opposite. I can't remember yeah. who it was. And, and he, doesn't, he hasn't been backed at all, um, which I don't know what that no. says. And, and 
and Mikel has been backed, and and I'm not you know I'm not saying that he's a finished product yet, and there's a long way to go. And and again, I, I need to sort of sort of just just sort of um, counterbalance this by saying I'm not saying I want him out. I'm not saying he's a failure or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think we all need to wake up a bit and and just look at our squad and and the squad that we have, where we are in the table right now, and the football we're playing, I think is is embarrassing. I think it's poor. And I, and I don't feel like we've got any direction at the moment. And I fit, uh, my biggest concern of all, I'll leave it here at this point, I feel like we're going backwards again. And that's a real worry for me. It's a real worry. And then there's a certain German with Turkish origins probably uh, sat back in his armchair this afternoon going, hmm? oh, well, you know, I, I told you. And I'm not saying he's the answer to our problems. Of course I'm not. But it does make but you wonder. shoot yourself in the foot. Exactly. And and we'll come on to players that, you know, and certain things that have happened with Mikel. But yeah, that, that's kind of where I where I am. I'll elaborate more individually on certain things as we go. But I'm I'm just uh, I'm not feeling great about things at the moment. And, I, and I'm I'm not enjoying watching us again. It, it's becoming a chore again. And that's, that's a shame to say that we should have lost that game three nil, if not more on Sunday to, you know, Leeds United. No, no disrespect, but they're, they're a promoted club. Really? That's, that's where I am. Tom, how do you feel about it all? Is are you more annoyed with the fan base, or are you more annoyed with the players, or, or the running of the club, or the manager, or a mix and match of all of it? I, I I'm not on the same wavelength as Chris. I don't think um, with kind. I'm kind of a bit of. I understand the frustration, uh, and I understand why people are irritated by what they're watching, especially as Arsenal fans, because we've been treated to some fantastic football over the years of, of watching Arsenal. What I would say is, is that actually, like if you look at us compared to last season, we are, uh, in terms of points and goal difference, we're two points better off, and we've got two better goal difference playing against the exact same sides last season right now. So all the, all the games that we played this year, you compare the results against the teams last season, we are two points better off and, and two goals better off. Now the goals being better off is a lot down to the defensive side of things, which I think is a something that a lot of people are, are taking issue with right now. Um, I look at this season very much as a necessity. I, I'm looking at this season very much as a, a transition year um, to, to sort out Arsenal's problems. I've, I'm, I am irritated partly at the fan base because I think there's been a massive outcry already prematurely to see Arteta walk, which I think is premature considering he is achieving things right now that we have yearned for for so long. He's improved us defensively. He's been part of the club signing two key areas with top-class players in Gabriel and Partey, which we've been crying out for for the best part of a decade. We've started investing in youth. We started bringing more youth players through from, from that side of things. And ultimately, we look like we're competing against the top sides away from home. In fact, we're winning against those top sides away from home as well. I understand that what we're seeing isn't pretty. And I think it's going to take time before we start to really see what Arteta is capable of in an offensive sense. And you have to remember that he's actually invested no money so far in any offensive players from his point of view. I also think he's being let down by the players a lot, actually. I think that our front line is horrifically out of form. Aubameyang, Lacazette, Willian, Pepe, all of them have been horrifically out of form this season. 
But ultimately, it is going to come down to the manager to try and turn things around, and he does have a responsibility to do that. I just think that he's he's putting a lot of emphasis on trying to make us defensively strong and trying to make us much more difficult to beat, which has been our issue for so many years now. And it's it's going to take time. Um, but as I've said, I think this, this season is going to be painful, but it's going to be necessary for what we need to do to get to the next level in the years to come. Yeah, very good. Uh, I think I think that is how I feel. Uh, Dee, I was looking. People are going. They're they're losing their shit on Twitter. I mean, that's what Twitter does. People don't realise that Twitter is naught point naught 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 one percent of the world population. Most people don't even know what Twitter is. And then yeah. of that zero naught 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 percent, only maybe ten percent of them are morons. That are. I mean. Oh, I had to, oh, me. I mean, I, drained, I put Drew into a Twitter conversation I was having with someone where someone <laughs> was a, a legitimate. Oh, Tom must have seen it. Legitimately, it was arguing that party is basically the same player as song. That's the kind of fan base we're dealing with. And so then I make, oh, I make the point. Uh, you look at Arteta. He's everyone's everyone's pathology experts, football <laughs> experts. You know, we've got all of the experts on Twitter. Twitter's an interesting place. You know, you find some amazing things like Burkamp Wonderland and the walking talk, which I do as well. And you find some absolute morons who say stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a very much give and take place, Twitter, as is social media as a whole. But you look at the players he's actually bought. He's had one COVID window, one other transfer window where we couldn't get rid of all the junk that he doesn't want. That there was that was partly Arteta, um, um, Emery's buying a lot of Wenger players that he couldn't get rid of. You look at the, the squad that he's built. He's got Gabriel. He's got Mari, who's been injured virtually the entire time he's been there. He's got Thomas Party in midfield, and he's got William on the wing. And I think that, apart from run of the gunner in goal, but he's never going to play. His team is four players. That's all he's got. He wanted Kalasnic, Mustafi, um, Papi. He wants Ozil. He wants all these players gone. That's four big... And he can't get rid of new players in until you get the old ones out. And he's taking the responsibility on his shoulders for the work that other people have done. It's just, what's your thoughts on on the players that, that he's brought in, on the players that he needs, because it's not his fault, is it? Uh, it's a tricky one. As you know, as you rightly said, uh, there's a lot of Emery buys and a lot of Wenger deadweight as well that's uh, that's at the club. But uh, I echo both what the lad said in regards to what's going on. I think the, the, the players are letting down Arteta, but I think we also, we're, you know, we're wearing rose-tint glasses and we're, we're forgiving Arteta a little. I can appreciate the positives and it's always good to look at the positives, but the, the fashion that we're doing certain games, it just gets to completely demoralizing. I think the Pepe red card, as much as it was so soft, it was ridiculous. I think it was kind of the nail in the coffin for me with regards to what Pepe's brought to Arsenal football club. Okay. What people say online is disgusting. Um, unfortunately that's just human beings being human beings in certain situations. And I don't condone it whatsoever. I, I you know, I like to I like to say on Walk and Talk where we've interviewed ex-professional football players. A lot of them uh, have quit football because of depression, like Marvin Sordell and, and Luke Chadwick, uh, which we had chats with. They struggled with abuse, never mind with online abuse that most players get now. And you'd be stupid to think that they don't read certain things and they hear certain things about them. But that's being said. So you know, but in, but on the other hand. I think that, uh, you know, people obviously jumped on the back and said, oh, you know, the, the abuse that Pepe received was just unbelievable and, and unacceptable. And it's like, OK, I agree with that. But on the other hand, you know, you didn't back Ozil in that same situation. 
um, with the abuse that he received online. You know, you're holding certain players to different standards. You you hear me moan about this all the time, Danny, with regards to the Bellerin and Ozil conversation. I moan about that 24-7. You know, one player's held at a certain standard and another player's holding at a different standard. And that and that, and I think there's favourites. I think we see it a lot as well. Uh, you know, we make the joke that it's contractually agree, uh, agreement that Willian has to play, even when he's flying. He's been flown home from uh, Dubai. Ooh. When he's being flown home, you know, he's, he's flying home from Dubai with seven-hour flight and stuff, and he's and he comes off at halftime because he's fatigued from from going on holiday. And you're just... It, it gets a little bit frustrating. Yes, he's got players that are not performing for him, but, he, you know, as Chris said, with the Ozil situation, yeah, he might not be the the messiah that we were looking for, but we we are struggling for a creative player really struggling for a creative player. Why not? Why not use him? And if he doesn't perform well, then we'll all shut up. <laughs> we'll all shut up and we'll go, right, okay, fair enough. Arteta, we believe you, we back you, but it's not even... I thought every player was given, you know, every every new season is a new start. It's a new, fresh season. Everyone gets their own fresh start. Um, they said that very specifically about the Gwendouzi situation last season, which... He ended up going on loan. I don't think everyone's too really bothered about that. I think, you know, everyone got really fed up with Guendouzi and his, and his attitude problem, um, which is, I've heard, was running through his entire career. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Arteta's, he's getting a lot of grace. He's getting, he's getting a lot of grace in regards to what everyone loves him because, you know, he's played for the Arsenal. He's, 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 he's learned under Pep Guardiola, which is arguably one of the best managers um, in recent time. Um I just think we need to be a little bit more. I think we need to be a little bit more uh, realistic. Um, yeah, this is a transition season, um, but we've made big signings and we should be doing better than we are, um, especially after winning the EFA Cup in the fashion that we did in the Community Shield, which, we, you know, we we hadn't we didn't think we would do that, but we did. So, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm frustrated. And as Chris said as well, I. It's, watching Arsenal now has become a bit of a chore for me, and this is me being super conservative here. I am, <laughs> I am holding back like both horses, really reeling it in to try and uh, not say anything too just really offhand because I've I said some things off the cuff in emotion in the last few weeks, and whew, I, I don't even think even you know it's even allowed to be said on Twitch to be. Sean and Chris, you're holding holding something in. It's not a big poo. <laughs> no, thank you. No, I, I just, I just, I've sort of, as you were talking there and you were saying about it's not his team and, you know, he, he's, he's working with, with a shambles. And all, I couldn't disagree more. Like, look at our squad. You know, our squad is better than Man United's. It's, I think it's better than Spurs. They've got a few individually good players, of course. Um, but, it's a very good squad. And and the, the, the thing that I'm kind of struggling with at the moment with Mikel is, again, it, it's, it's these... He said, he said about these things like the non-negotiables. It's interesting there that you mentioned Gunduzi. So it's okay to bomb out a young, talented player who we've effectively just jettisoned his value out the back door because of the way yep. we've handled that situation. But yep. it's absolutely fine for Willian to go off and, and open restaurants in Dubai. That's absolutely fine. And why is that absolutely fine? Because of his fucking agent. You know, different and, standards. Exactly. Different standards. And, and, Everyone's and got that, different levels of being allowed to yeah. do certain things. Everyone's treated differently. It's, exactly. it's, screamed, it's screamed from the highest rooftops that every, every player's dealt with differently. 
Yeah, exactly that. And and that's that's my concern. I'm not, you know, again, I'm not it's not me saying, Oh, he's terrible, he's this, he's that. And again, I, I hadn't I didn't know people were calling for his head on Twitter. I mean, that is moronic in the extreme. But you you have to kind of you manage what you've got. I mean, Arsenal Granny's put on there, not a good squad. It is a good squad. I'm sorry, I'm just not having that. Are there some poor players in that squad? Yep. But there's plenty of very good players. That as Tom put, has put well, they're not performing. Our entire front line at the moment is not performing. Everyone basically said, was it two weeks ago? Oh, you've got to play Bamiyang through the middle. Man was absolutely ineffective on Sunday. And is some of that as a result of supply? Absolutely. But is there an element of, you know, he's just not kind of fancying at the moment? Yeah, as well. And that comes with form. And you have to play your way into form. When you've got a striker like that, you can't just sulk. You can't just say, "Oh, well, they're not performing," so we'll, you know we'll, we'll just we'll just carry on regardless. You have to change the style of play. You have to try new things. And I felt a little bit like playing Aubameyang through the middle on Sunday. It was almost like it was his is la- the last thing he could try because there was no other options. Because you know it's like, well, everyone's clamouring for it. Well, let's give it a go. And I just feel like if if we'd have won that game, it would have been a sticking plaster over over a, a, a seeping pus filled wound at the moment as an image for you and I, I just think that we're I just think as I said the, these non-negotiables I'm very unsure about those and I'm not defending I'm not going to defend Pepe I know people will say oh he's going to defend Pepe I'm not what he did on Sunday as I, as Arteta put was you know completely unprofessional and it was unacceptable but what you don't do as a manager then is come out and say I can't remember the exact quote somebody will, will find it I'm sure but he said something along the line of you know the squad was performing well and then Pepe let us down. You don't fucking do that. Whether he's worth seventy two quid or seventy two million quid, it doesn't matter. He's clearly a player who thrives on confidence. He's a player that we bought from Lille and and have never not once have we played him to his strengths. Have we played him in a formation that suits his style? Have we played in any way like he was he was uh, deployed? Is his not once. You say we've not played it. To as, as, what is his strength? As an attacking, forward-thinking winger who's given licence to fuck a few things up in a game and also go and win a game, which he's done for us on a number of occasions, see the Europa League. And I know that's not Champions League. I know it's not the elite level, blah, blah, blah. But when well, you, you play take who the shackles you play. off... You play who you play. Exactly. You take the shackles off and he becomes a better player. When did a, you know when was Aubameyang at his best? When he was basically told to express himself and come in off that wing and, and use his pace and find the gaps. Whereas now he's sort of being rigidly told, well, you've just got to play on the left. But the most important thing you've got to do, Alba, is you've got to track back. Oh, well, sorry. that's that structure. That's that massive structure that Arteta's brought to the table. It, as exactly. much as it's helped us and, and, and this, in the defensive area, but we're struggling too, going forward. And there's too much. And, and I, I want to get Tom's thoughts on this because um, Tom knows, and, and I'm sure Danny knows my thoughts on a certain, a certain uh, chap who manages Manchester City. But my concern is that Arteta is trying so hard to be the next pet that he's getting lost up his own ass a bit. And that, that really worries me because Man City, to me, I've never once, I say never, that's, that's completely wrong, actually. That's that's harsh. <laughs> but very rarely, even in their pomp, did I sit and watch Man City and go, cool, they're really entertaining. Under, under Bar- and, and Barcelona's pet, don't get me wrong, they were. I love the tiki-taka and everything. But, but this, this evolution that Pep has gone into at Man City... I don't find entertaining. I find it so dull. And I feel like we're doing the same thing again. And, and I, I just feel like he's trying so hard to step out of Pep's shadow that he's forgetting about what, what as an Arsenal manager, you, you are essentially required to do. And that is play exciting and expansive football. 
so as I say, I'm intrigued by Tom's thoughts because I, you know, I appreciate I could be wrong on this, but it's just how I see it. Well, Arteta doesn't want to be the first Arteta; he wants to be the second Pep Guardiola, doesn't he? That's the, mm. that's the issue. Anyway, Tom. Worry. The thing is with, Bar- with Guardiola is that he has shown at Barcelona and Bayern and Man City that he can build a side that can score a hell of a lot of goals and can attack exceptionally well and play some really nice football. Um, less so at Manchester City. I think that's come down to the competitiveness of, of the league in part and having to adapt to that. Um, what I will say is that something that he has failed at is defensively. Um, Guardiola's teams have looked vulnerable Pretty much everywhere he's gone, less so in Germany because Bayern dominate that league a lot more than the two other clubs that he was at before that. Um, But I think that Arteta, I'm not sure I'm on par with the view that he's trying to be the next Guardiola. I actually think it's more down the line of he's witnessed how successful Guardiola has been doing what he's done and thought, well, if I can do that and improve the side of the game which Guardiola fails at, then I can even go even further than what Guardiola has. And I think that possibly is a reason as to why he's focusing so much on the defence alongside the fact that notoriously we have been horrific defensively throughout the last 10 years. Um, On the Pepe thing, I think that Pepe has... it's, It's a very similar kind of opinion to Ozil in terms of the player's ability. Pepe has the ability to be a fantastic player in the right system, in the right team. Arsenal made a huge error, in my opinion, in buying Pepe. No matter what you think about the player, in my view, and I think, and Chris, I know that you you think the world of him, and I think he showed at Lille that he was a really world-class talent there. He, unfortunately, was just bought by the wrong club that were never going to get the best from him. And Arsenal should have gone for other players. In my opinion, as well, the timing of, of his purchase was completely wrong. Arsenal were in desperate need of adding world-class players to the other end of the pitch rather than adding in that area. We needed to add guys. Goals, and we need to add goals in a wide area but we didn't have to go all out for 72 million pounds on a player that was proven in effectively just one season I know that he was developing but that's where he really came to the fore in that final season at Lille and ultimately we're now playing him completely wrongly and he's in a system where he has to try and play in a, a team that likes to dominate games and ultimately he's got to try and then take on three four five six players which he's got a couple of dribbles and and technical skill, but he's not going to do that. I think he's an excellent finisher, and I think he should be playing close to the centre-forward and more inside, because I think that he can ultimately be less predictable playing in a more central area. I don't necessarily that means you go to a 4-4-2, because Arsenal have notoriously failed at that under Unai Emery with Lacazette and Aubameyang. But I think it means that you play him more as an inside winger rather than an out-and-out, hug the touchline, cut inside, and the defender knows exactly what he's going to do every single time. I think that ultimately Arteta has got a hell of a job on his hands. Um, I think that it's going to be a big struggle to really try and get the free-flowing football that a lot of us want to see from this team until we add something in terms of crazy. Ozil is a moot point because he's not in the squad. Like we can, we can sit all day and talk about it, but he's not going to be in the squad. So it's almost it's almost pointless covering it, really. But I, I get the sentiment on it. But it's just it's a very frustrating time to be an Arsenal fan for sure. The, thought, the, the, the thing about Pepe, Tom, you're right. That I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Uh, you know, I, I do love him to bits. You're absolutely right. But the player I love to bits was the Lille Nicolas uh, Pepe, yeah. not the Arsenal Nicolas Pepe. And, and you're absolutely right. It, it's, it, I hate giving other managers credit, but a manager that is very good at this is Jürgen Klopp. Brings in a player who fits his system first and then develops oh, them into the sort of, sort of player that he wants them to do. He knows that a... 
a Roberto Firmino is not going to track back and do what a James Milner is going to do when you say to him, look, James, I need you to play right back, right midfield, left back, oh, and, and up front. He knows James Milner will do that because he knows he's the sort of player and the sort of personality can get that. What you can't do is buy a flair winger and just say to him, right, I'm going to transfer or transform your whole game because the very few, especially that position, wide forward, inside forward, you know, attacking forward, that's their strength. That's what they do. Um, and and it, it was another reason why I was so against the idea of us buying Will Saha, because for me, what he's brilliant at is basically running Crystal Palace's attack. Everything goes through him. Everything is centred through him. And everything that, that is good about their attack is often through him. At Arsenal, we wouldn't have done that. He would have been just another floating winger. He basically, I think he probably would have been what he was at Man United. Uh, you know, a, a very good player, but not utilised correctly. And, and that's what we've done with Pepe. And, and my worry is that we've just signed, you know, our multi-million pound centre-forward striker to a new contract and we've played him out of form and, and we're having to play him because there are no other options, really. Um, you know, Lacazette is, is clearly not in form and, and, it, and, and doesn't look to change that right now. And again, he's another one that I don't think we play to his strengths. And if we're not going to play Pepe how we bought him, then you're absolutely right. It was 72 million quids worth wasted. And of course, we know there was a little bit more to that deal than meets the eye, allegedly. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's no good scouting and spending thousands and millions on, on players and scouting them and then bringing them in and playing them in a completely ineffectual position or, or playing them out of position. And and, and I, do, I do agree that Arteta has made us better defensively. Um, Gabriel has been a huge part of that. Rob Holding has been a huge part of that. I think Hector Bellerin's had a really good season, you know, despite his his throw-ins. <laughs> um, I think he, you know, he's he's shown that he's, oh, you know, he he may not be as quick as he once was, but I feel like he, you know, he's getting he's getting back to the the player that we we thought he would be. And Kieran Tierney speaks for himself; he's he's a quality investment. But yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. I, I don't see the point in us buying these flair players if if we want to play the way we're playing. Then let's just go to Stoke. And just sign all their players, or Burnley. Yeah, sign Jay Rodriguez and Chris Wood, and just go long. Because because we get is, more. Sorry, but one what you should be positive on, Chris, and what you said earlier about like you look at Jurgen Klopp, who identifies the areas that we need to that they Liverpool needed to improve in, and they've obviously got in Van Dijk, they got in Allison. Before that, previously they got in Salah, and then before that they got in Mane. Um, what you should take sort of a positive from is the fact that in the windows that we've had Arteta and I don't really look at the January window too much like with Marie who we've really not seen and Cedric which I think was a bit of an agent situation going on there but Arteta and Edu went in combination with Raul now moved out of the picture thank God um, that they've worked together and they've identified the areas that they feel that Arsenal need to improve in. We know that getting a centre-back in was so key and they got a hell of a centre-back in Gabriel. And then yeah. they've identified that clearly centre-midfield in which we got Partey in and then they wanted Hassem Alwar. It's very obvious that we did want and we pushed for him. It just wasn't a situation that we could get done because we ultimately didn't move enough players out to, consequence, uh, to consequently get that deal done. But like you said with what Jurgen Klopp does, you should be hopeful that we've now got a manager that can work with Edu and they can get the players in that we need. I feel that we wouldn't really be in this and get in an hour, but ultimately we couldn't do that. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see it in January. Do we push the boat out and go really heavily, ruthlessly into, say, a Soboslai 
or do we wait for the summer? If we wait for the summer, I think it's going to be a long, painful season. Um, but I think, as, again, it is us moving in the right direction, identifying those key areas that we needed desperate reinforcement in. Do you think there's a worry, um, anyone can take this, is there a bit of a worry that every single time the transfer window shuts, the first thing we're all on about is who we're going to sign the next transfer window? I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting like I'm just getting really tired of... Oh, we like we've got this guy, things. that's fine now. All we need <laughs> is another new one of those and another new we one like, of those. Yeah, we like and shiny things. That's that, you know, that's I'm, that not, I'm not against therapy. bringing in new players, but sometimes you just got to sort of go, I'd like to see what you can work with here. I'd like to see what you can... And again, I loathe to give that vermin up the road any credit, but, you know, he, he's he suddenly found that actually Tango and Tango and Dumbele is actually quite a good footballer. Um, and I don't actually think it's all about Mourinho. I actually think some of that is about the player getting his, you know, knuckling down and working hard. But sometimes, sometimes you've got to look at the players you've got and go, actually, we've got a few players here. Let, let's work with what we've got. But I don't know. I mean, as I said, I think our squad is good enough, but I just wonder how many times are we going to go through this sort of transfer roundabout before we finally go right we know we've now got enough of a squad because pre-season we we were all like yeah this is great you know we all knew we needed that that who's some of our type of player but other than that we thought yeah we're, we're good and now we're sat here two months later going oh january <laughs> crazy how <laughs> it can turn around crazy how it can mm. turn around the, the the issue is we're in a we're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a rock and a hard place we were on this, you know, in the in the summer transfer, you know, we were thinking about maybe just cashing in on everything and starting fresh, um, and using this season as one of our many seasons to try and build something um, with a younger, you know, with a younger team to kind of gel together over over time, signing your you know young and promising players. But we've you know we've put all of our chips on the table. We've gone in. We've given Aubameyang a huge contract. We've you know so we signed Gabriel as a you know. Don't don't get me wrong. He wasn't a bank breaking deal, but you know, still money coming out. Uh, Saliba, you know, okay, yeah, we got him last season, but we we hadn't used him. We still haven't got him. That's another conversation for another time. I think I think that's a long one. The what the reason you're trying to tell me that he's not better than Mustafi? Please just have him on the bench for even just a flipping cup game. I don't get that. But anyway, uh, you know, putting money in for party as well. I, I do. I did giggle when we signed him on the you know transfer deadline day after you know Atletico Madrid were trying to do us dirty and we we kind of left them in the lurch. That was quite uh, you know I giggled to that one a little bit. Um, but we've 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 just gone all in and and even Willian. Okay, yeah, we signed him on a free. But if you know anything about signing players on a free. There's, he's going to get a significantly hefty signing on bonus with uh, with some agent bonuses to boot. So that, you know, that Willian's going to cost us, what, 10, 12, maybe even 15 million, possibly, depending uh, on, you know, so to, to say that he's a free signing, that's not the case. Yeah, we got him on a free, but his signing on fee would have been in correspondent to a potential buy from Chelsea. But yeah, we're stuck in a, we're stuck in a rock and a hard place. We could have, pretend, you know, we and Chris said it right. We were happy with the signings we made. We were like, okay, yeah, we're missing a creative, but we didn't think it would be as bad as it was. But we also didn't think that Arteta would shoot himself in the foot and not even actually try and add. I've worked it out. You can get Urzel into the the the, the man squad with uh, with dropping Mari uh, up up until December, giving Urzel six months to find out what's going on. Um, that's not even a homegrown or an under twenty one. There's no issues there. Um, it's all you can you can do it. It's no problem. And Mari's not back yet. And we know he's not going to be back until mid-end December. That gives Ozil 
first half of the season to do something. Everyone gets a fresh start, as Arteta rightly said, which he hasn't done for any of the players. And that goes on to the conversation again once, you know, everyone's kind of got their own rules and regulations that they can they can abide by. Um, you know, I, I, God, God forbid I'd like to see what Willian's got in his contract uh, with certain things and promises that have been made to him, how many games he's played and where he's played and the circumstances in which he is. It's 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 getting frustrating. I've 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 been so fed up at watching Arsenal the last few weeks, like super fed up. And the Pepe thing was kind of the nail in the coffin for me. Really, is the nail in the coffin. His his don't get me wrong. His dead ball finishing is absolutely absurd. The the some of the goals that he scores with his left foot, um, you know, are just out of this world. And he's and he's got and he's got a creative flair to him as well, which is great. But we signed a player. No, sorry, the Arsenal board signed a player that uh, that just doesn't really fit on our system um, when we should have gone for, you know, Premier League proven Wilfred Zaha. We would have got him um, overall much cheaper. OK, yeah, we didn't pay £72 million for Pepe. That's over five years. I think it was like 20-odd million up front. Um, but it was just, you know, as Chris says, allegedly dodgy dealings by Mr. Raul Senieri a week later after the deal was looked into financially. They went, oh, we're going to have to get rid of the Don here because uh, that was a bit weird. We've, we're signing players that don't fit because we're trying to be too structured because Arteta is trying to be, you know, Pep uh, number two and not Arteta number one. Mass, it's, it's just, it's, there's just so many facets to this bow of problems that it, you, can, you can ramble on for a very long time about all of the major issues that are running through Arsenal Football Club right now. What direction are we going in the backroom staff? We got, we, you know, we went with, right, we're going to use Raul Senieri and his little black book uh, of contacts and we're not going to do scouting anymore. We'll get rid of all the scouting. Right. We are now getting, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to do numbers game. We'll do stat DNA. Okay, great. And then we signed Verunason because a, our goalkeeping coach knew him and thought he was a good bloke. So what are we, wait, what? Hold on. What are we doing? I, I'm sure we would have found a much more promising, uh, cheaper uh, option uh, than Mr. Runusen, who is, don't get me wrong, we've not seen him, but we, you can all you can do is look at the stats from France last year. He's not the, and I'm sure Chris can uh, give me more information on that, but he's not the, he's not the best keeper on the planet. I can assure you, he might be good with his feet apparently, but once again, we're signing, we we don't know what's going on. And we're completely shut out. We don't know what, you know, we're completely shut out with what's going on behind closed doors. And I'm I'm just really worried about how much um, leeway and how much, uh, how many, you know, permit, you know, permissions that uh, Arteta can have and do and just freelance and go about doing what he's doing and not being just a head coach, but now a manager. Has he been given too much of the reins too early because we're all still very much at that honeymoon period? I think we're I think we're piling too much on Arteta and hoping that he's going to be the Messiah. Hmm. So there's well, time. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it it takes it takes time. I, I think I before think we go on, I Chris, think, I just want to yeah, can I just say something before we go on. Um, you may. Manscaped has chucked a load of ball <laughs> shavers at us, so we, we've got to say thanks to Manscaped.com. Go there, use the code Burkamp and get 20% off if you want to go and do it. It's uh, You can use it for your ass, your armpits, your legs. Um, what other parts of your body should you be shaving, Chris, if you're an actual real man? Nose, ears, um, oh, no. chest. Um, I mean, you can Beats. shave wherever you fancy, really. I mean, I mean, I you should always... have to shave my face. Yes. Well, so, um, as it, yeah, you look, you're looking abominable again. 
I know it's very good. So yeah, go go to Manscaped because they've been kind enough to go and sponsor us. And the, the very least, I think they said, they didn't say how many shows it was for, but you're not going to go and chuck four shavers at us and then go, thank you very much for doing one show that only a couple of thousand people saw. So, yeah, if you go there and use the code BurrCamp, get 20% off, then you never know. They might even sponsor more pods properly. I don't know what they're going to throw at us this time. Um, maybe they'll throw, uh, well, what else do they? they need to do some nostril trimmers and ear trimmers because I've got hairy nostrils and I've got hairy ears. And I, and I don't know why I've got any of that. Like, and I don't want any of it. Um, on the Twitch, rickd 89 Callum McCoy, I-90, and... Uh, oh, there you go. Those three people... One, two, is that three? I can't even count to three anymore. That's two people. I've overinflated the, the stats again. Thank you very much, you two, for following us on Twitch. Very kind of you. Um, go on, and Chris, you were going to say something really important. Well, well I don't... No, no, nothing, nothing I say is, is ever important, but... Um, no, I I, th- I think it's I think it's important to have some balance and and you know Tom said it very well so far as well. It, it I'm not I'm I'm personally not and I don't think any of us are sat here now going he's terrible throw him out with the with the bags you know he, he's awful he's awful manager but I'm not saying that you know and and I like the fact that he I do I do like the fact that he's a good talker and I like the fact that he fronts up but that there has to be. It doesn't make you a bad person to question the things that you see. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you don't support the manager, the club, the philosophy, everything. You can ask questions without thinking someone's quote unquote shit, as uh, as as the wonderful world goes. You know, there's nothing wrong with questioning things. And my my kind of worry is that since since Mikel's come in, it has been uh, for the for the majority, it's been up. There's been lots of positives. Obviously, there was a trophy. You know, lots of positives. This is this is when the real test comes now. This is when we're needing to evolve, and these are the, these are the, the times when we really need to, to get things together and, and work hard. And and that this is where we're going to sort of really see what he's made of at this point, because there is criticism, and some of it is completely unfair, and some of it is is completely without foundation, and even some of the things that I think might not be might not be fair. It's just sort of how I feel. But I think I think in the coming weeks we've got a real test. Wolves at home is is no no gimme. Um, we've got that lot up the road, and you know, God forbid that goes against us. And you can bet your ass Mourinho will be parking that bus all over the pitch when, when we play them. Um, you know, and we, we we've got a, a busy period ahead. And and I think in a, in a way, not having crowds is a benefit to us at the moment because I, I don't think the atmosphere would be great right now. Um, and that's that's not it's, it's nothing to do with Twitter. I think, as you said, Danny, it's, a lot of people are not on that platform. But I don't think the natives would be particularly enjoying what we're putting out at the moment. And uh, sometimes you just I don't want to go with the old adage of oh you'd rather lose three two and it be entertaining. But there, there was no point in that game, even when we had eleven men on Sunday, where I sort of sat there and went, "We're really going for this." At no point. And and the the, the one thing I think that of all the things. That, that I would really like to see Mekar work on. I, I'd like to see us passing the ball forwards again because this sideways shit is, it's, I can't, it's just, it's just so dull. And it, and it's very, it, when you've got the Spanish national team um, to a certain degree, the French national team do it as well. When you've got players of that quality, no worries. And when you've got academies brought up through it, who've, who've developed that game, no worries. We haven't. And we're not, we're nowhere near that level. Just playing out from the back, great, that's a good start. But when you've got it out from the back, you need to then move it forwards into the, into those uh, final thirds, and you need to be progressive and pushing the ball forwards. We sort of get it in and around the half, 
halfway line and we basically do you know the, the online fifa community oh god oh i don't want to attack because if i attack that means you can counter attack me no no everybody just drop backs drops back sits behind the ball waits and then hopes for the best it, it's not it's not entertaining and and it and it shouldn't always be about entertaining but you you've got to be progressive and i don't, i just I, I worry that we're so we're so worried about making mistakes that we're not taking chances, which will which will hopefully unleash our, our forwards. Um, and, and yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where I sit. And, and somebody actually put in the chat, I just wanted to mention as well. Um, I can't remember who it was. Actually, I have to look it up. But they said no more Ceballos. Wow, because <laughs> he was our only shine of light. I thought on Sunday. I think he, whenever he plays, he's one of the few players that actually tries to do something in that middle area. And we haven't seen that for Party yet. But then it goes back to how much micromanaging can Danny Ceballos receive once fans that's, come back. That's also true. It's not. It's, yeah, because yeah. there's been a not, lot. Of it. Uh, yeah, it's not. You can't micromanage like Arteta's doing. Okay, our Ceballos is playing really well at the moment. You know, well he's playing well at the moment, apart from the two passes where he's then he's playing it to someone training on the side of the pitch or something. I'm not so sure what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just, I was so, I was just so confused. I think everyone was just like, there must have been purpose behind that pass. Um, and the problem is, yeah, he's getting completely micromanaged and it's, and it's great to hear, but it's not something that can be done with any longevity of any kind. So at what point will Sabas be able to do the job without having to be micromanaged? And that once again goes to the point of Arteta being extremely, extremely structured and then asking our most creative players to track back. You know, I know we, you know, Tom said, you know, it's a mute point with Meza Ozil and, but a lot of the time, he got had a go out a lot for not for not tracking back, and now we're on the other side of the fence, which is completely correct. That you can't ask certain players to track back; you've got to allow them to just go about their creative, find pockets um, at the at the at the hope and pray that uh, that a opportunity arises for a, for a quick a quick counter attack. Which is the reason why Pepe did so well in France was just that quick, you know, not thinking too much uh, counter attack. He's not a guy that's you know, going to beat two or three men. and But we're trying to turn him into that. He can't do that. And you can see him struggling and it's frustrating him. And I think the headbutt thing, as much as it was ridiculous, I think that's kind of really... Frustration. Frustration. Yeah, exactly. That's him yeah. it's him lashing out because he's frustrated. You know, he's, he's recently, you know, as well, had a pop at Arteta on, you know, uh, via the, you know, MSM mainstream media. And he gets, he gets really frustrated and... It, what's great about having doing a podcast a couple of days later, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of take things in um, and not try and have uh, an emotional response because uh, it's quite difficult when it's still raw to, to be able to talk about it without any sort of bias towards certain situations. My love for Pepe is 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 fading fast and has been for many 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 months and you know since since we've signed him because I was I wanted Zaha. Emery wanted Zaha. Raul Sanieri went out and bought Pepe in a system that we just don't play him well in. Yeah. Tom, I, I'm going to combine... I want to ask Tom something when you finish, but carry on. Uh, Tom, you're going to get it. going to combine two of your favourite things, Tom. Cooking and football. Mm. How's this for an analogy? Arteta is trying to make the perfect cake. He's got all the ingredients. He puts the flour in. He puts the eggs in, which is the... get Leno, get the ball, give it to the defenders. That's the eggs and the flour. Then he puts the sugar in and he's mixing it up. That's the midfield. And then just as he's ready to get the midfielder ready to give the ball to the attackers, that's him mixing it all up. He goes, no, no, it's gone wrong. Right, in the bin, start again, get the bowl, put the flour in, put the sugar in, 
put the egg. No, it's gone wrong again in the bin. And is that a good analogy for what he's doing? <laughs> if, the, if the play doesn't go the way he wants, they all revert to passing it sideways or giving it back to the goalkeeper. Because Tom, if you look at his Instagram, Tom is a cook. He's a very he's, he's an Italian wizard, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like making my own pasta. It's fair to say. So you it's, certainly it's do. Probably out of the possession. Um, it's. I get the analogy. I. I think maybe to use a cake analogy would be in my mind. If you're looking to make a specific cake, but actually I feel he's got the ingredients for a different dessert in, in my mind. Like I still think he needs to remove some of I feel like he needs to remove some of the baklava ingredients <laughs> and get in some more lemon meringue, if you know what I mean. Oh yes. <laughs> Less jalapenos in the fruitcake. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I just think that ultimately it's i saw a question in the chat from uh, i think it was david keith uh, slightly earlier up he was asking about how long do we if say we lose against wolves if we lose against spurs how long do we like kind of persist and the answer is is that you persist until the next until next summer because this is not enough time for an analysis on whether or not we should move on from Arteta because as we've used with that world-class cake analogy, he simply does not have the ingredients right now to be able to really get Arteta in, in full flow. I'm, I'm hoping that we can start to do it. Also, next summer... I'm really excited. And I know, Chris, you you mentioned about we're always kind of looking ahead to the next transfer window. But next summer is really important because Ozil will be gone. Mustafi will be gone. Louise will probably be gone. Socrates will be gone. And, and we'll probably move on some players that necessarily we don't. Lacazette, we could see possibly leaving. You never know. Pepe could genuinely be sold if he's not sold on him. It could happen at this point because we're showing a little bit of ruthlessness. We just at the moment can't find anyone to buy our bloody players when we need to let them go. That's the problem. Typical. But it's, yeah. But it's, next summer is exciting because we're getting a huge amount of money off the wage bill. We're going to have more scope to invest. We've seen over the last two windows that KSC are willing to now invest. They did it with Pepe and they've done it with Partey. So I'm interested to kind of see where they go with that. I know that there's a nostalgic element that we can't quite move past sometimes, and it's difficult to see that after so many years of frustration. Um, but I think that ultimately Arsenal have spent money in the past. It's just been spent really badly, and we just need to really turn that around, honestly. You had a question, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about uh, Cholo, Diego Simeone, and, and Atletico Madrid, because they've gone through... <laughs> where do you even yeah. begin? But they, they've yeah. gone through a bit of a change, haven't they, in terms of the, the fact they were always that hard-to-break-down, nasty shit of a team. But they, they always had a little bit of flair, and particularly when they had Griezmann up front. And, and they were a different side then to what they are now. But this season, it's, it's working for them. Um, and, yeah. and they're they're performing. And I, I think, like based upon the limited amount of, of La Liga I've seen this year, that they're the team that's impressed me the most. And it's just because they've they've almost mixed that that blend of structure and hard to of beat cake element <laughs> of cake ingredients. But it feels like even he's and I have to step back and say I didn't see it coming because I thought Simeone was just a, a shit house of a manager and that's all he could do. But he's proven mm. otherwise now because he's he's giving that little bit of flair. What what do you think there's a comparison in that as to where we are as a club when you just sort of have to go, okay, yeah, we've got that down now, but we have to come out of our shell a bit, otherwise we're just always gonna go that one step before the Champions League final or we're always gonna finish third. I think with Atletico Madrid, it's, it's, it's a really interesting case study because they have, as you say, for a, quite a while tried to do this thing where they've tried to shift away from the shithousery of, of previous seasons. Um, I think that there is ultimately more so that 
Simeone's accepted that Atleti are always going to have that kind of industrious element to their game. And it's not something that you can just throw out all of that to get him what he wants to be a little bit more expressive. So I think he's actually found a nice balance. One of the biggest examples of that within the team is Marcus Llorente, who started off life as kind of a defensive-minded midfielder and has gradually moved forward. But he's maintained a lot of those defensive elements to his game and to be physical, to win the ball back high up the pitch. And instead of buying players like Thomas Lamar, which just hasn't really worked out and binning off players like Carrasco he's realised that actually no I need players like Carrasco and that's why he's been brought back and that's why they're seeing so much more success I still think that there is so much good in what Simeone did to get them to two Champions League finals in which ultimately they did were very hard done by and certainly one of them to lose of them but he has been able to bring in the players necessary to try and add that little bit of technical flair needed to take them to that next level. I think Luis Suarez coming in is huge for them. It adds them to a finisher that they lacked when Griezmann left. João Felix is finally kind of turning around to become that player that we thought he was going to be. He still has a lot more tweaking and improving to do, and especially on a consistent basis. But he's certain to try and turn things around. And ultimately, players like Godin have now moved on and they've invested in other centre-backs. I love Hamoso. I think he's a really... I felt we could have signed him, to be honest, from Espanyol when he was there. Um, Jimenez is obviously there too and doing really well. Savic is kind of one of the old guards that will remain. Oblak too has that kind of industrious element to himself. Um, but then you've got players like Renan Lodi at left-back who do really well to be that kind of expressive full-back, whereas previously they never he's really... Quality. He's really good. And they never really had mm. that kind of... That player there, Felipe Luis, who again was a very classic Simeone kind of fullback that came to the Premier League with Chelsea never really worked um, went back and carried on doing what he was doing in the first place so I see what you're saying about Atleti and it being kind of comparison to Arsenal I think that there is certainly elements to that and ironically I do think it's funny how a lot of fans previously were desperate to see Diego Simeone come in and replace Arsene Wenger and now we've got a manager that wants to play more industriously they're like nah I don't want any don't of this like <laughs> it's exactly. horrible yeah. I've said the so, same I've said exactly yeah, the so same it's interesting yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I hope it works. I think it's going to take time. And I think it's going to take, obviously, him getting in some players. And I know that I don't want to get bogged down in looking ahead to the next window. But there genuinely is an emphasis on trying to get that creative player. Ozil is going to move on. And just to pick up, uh, Deacon, on what you said about Ozil, the, the reason why Marie was kept in is because he did have a setback injury-wise and they thought he was going to be coming yeah. back a lot sooner. No, no, I'm sure. I just used him as an example. Yeah. There's two other players that could be that can be, uh, yeah. that can be used and as well. Chain, I think chain, he could have been included. <laughs> That's what I really exactly. You know, yeah. uh, you know uh, Mustafi was, was, was another one of them. You're always yeah. going to upset. Well, he, oh, sorry, not Mustafi, Socrates. Was Socrates injured? Can't remember. Yeah, but he's easily left out as well, isn't he? So, yeah, no, no, yeah, but there's, there's 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 other examples that can be used. Uh, you've got to, you're going to have to upset the cart when you sign so many players. But to, we've got what? How many defenders? Eight plus. I would have it's left like, Cedric to be honest, but that's just... yeah. It's once again, you know, <laughs> that's, 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 another, that's yeah. another situation. Yeah, the Cedric situation. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles proved himself in the two finals that we played in recently. Yeah, How he's not been in and around the first team a little bit more. Um, yeah. it remains to be seen and uh, that's definitely for me the, the backup to, to Bellerin and my, my, uh, my disdain for Bellerin is a, is, is a topic for another situation I ran about him more than enough on my own Twitch channel um, the frustration that that boy gives me I, I get heart palpitations uh, especially when I do live reactions I just oh, hate maps um, you know and yeah okay he's played much better this season but you know it one good moment doesn't get rid of you know 20-30 bad moments um, you know he just isn't the player we had when, when uh, before his injury, but anyway, it's it's frustrating. We don't have any creative players. We went out and signed William for a stupid amount of money. I know on a free, but as I said, the signing on bonuses. 
why why we haven't used Ozil in any capacity, just even in a in a cup game. And then you've got the you've got the Saliba situation. Arteta isn't just he's he's not helping himself with with certain instances like that. And people people remember these things, um, you know, and they and they get more and more frustrated. I it's uh it's frustrating. It's really really frustrating. Really really frustrating. Right. My, my biggest worry, uh, and again, it's it's very reactionary. We're doing it. I'm sure lots of pods will do it. You know, if, if we win three games in a row, three weeks' time, we'll all be going, oh, everything's all right again, and then we'll lose again. And then, oh, the whole world, you know, it, that's just the modern world. We've that's always what been like that. Like. Man United. We always. Yeah, Man United yeah, were the worst yeah. team in the world three weeks ago, and now suddenly they're all right again, you know, Spurs and so. But, um, but my one sort of slight concern is that I I just feel that whilst we've, whilst we've defensively, impressed we've offensively digressed and that that's yep. my concern the, the manager that, that I saw come in and have an immediate effect was a manager that came in and and yet he put the discipline down which I liked because I do think you ha- you can't have the inmates running the asylum and and our club has has been you know badly run behind the scenes for far too long and there's been too many players getting a free ride on on big contracts um you know, for far too long. And okay, yeah, we, we brought in arguably a couple more, which the jury is, let's be fair, the jury's still out. I don't think William's been anywhere near as bad as some people would have you believe, but I he also think pretty he's well in the first 15, 20 minutes, I thought. Yeah. yeah. He was beat, he beat a couple of people. He was winning the ball back really well. Um, so, you know, if we have to play him for 45 minutes and he has to keep going on all day to Dubai each week, then maybe <laughs> get him. I'd rather take, I would rather take one good 40, 45 minute than, uh, than 90 minutes of what Willian's been giving apart from the Fulham game. That's, that's not like the Chelsea concern, isn't it? Is, you know, when, when, is it? Chelsea well, no, but, but then they're the same, but they were the same yeah, Chelsea did, fans yeah. that actually wanted to keep him. So, I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it, again, it's not, it's not, I don't think he becomes a bad player overnight. He he is that somebody said it on a pod. I can't remember who it was. I was listening to it. Somebody somebody said it right. He's a very Arteta player because he does ninety percent of, of his passes are are fine. You know they might be sideways, but they go where they're supposed to go. He tracks better than than any other winger we've got. He does the defensive side very well. He does the safe things really well. So, so in that, from that perspective, he's exactly the sort of player that but he left Bellerin exposed what? so many times against Leeds, though, didn't he? Because I mean, Bellerin's not been playing bad lately. Yeah. I know we're not going to get onto his veganism yet. We'll save that for another show, <laughs> uh, a dietary special. But I, I think people have been very hard on on Bellerin, and I think defensively, he's upped his game a little bit. And we've we've seen we've seen over the years, whether it's um, Perez protecting Cole or whether it was um, Lundberg protecting Lauren. And we've seen now on the left side, um, Saka will protect uh, Tyranny. And that's what we need on the right-hand side, which is why I love seeing Mainsley, if I can use that copyrighted term, Tom. I love seeing Mainsley play on the right-hand side because he will go back and protect Bellerin. And William hasn't been doing that, has he? That's one of the things that is really beginning to annoy me. But how many many times? Like, again, you know, I know we're streets ahead of of a club like Liverpool. Who protects Trent Alexander-Arnold? Who protects Andy Robertson? I'll BFA. give you a clue. Nobody. Oh. No. Well, yeah, far. But nobody. And why is that? Because they play. Because they play such high pressure football, and they play such expansive football that they force the opposition back. They don't sit there and go, "Oh, I don't want to go over the halfway line. I've got to have protection." No, they don't do that. Robertson and Alexander Arnold are probably the two most creative players. 
Liverpool have, and they're both fullbacks. But because they're played in an expansive style that gives them that option. And we sat here, and, and this is you know what our fan base is like sometimes. We sat here under an I Emre went, well, the only tactic we've got is getting the ball to Kolasinac and pulling it back. Well, what are we doing <laughs> with Bellerin? We're doing exactly the same bloody thing. You know, Hector was playing as a bloody right, you know, right-sided right attacker at one point on Sunday. You know, you, you, it's not always about... I think somebody put it in the chat earlier on. Maybe there's just a little bit too much instruction going into this, a little bit too much overthinking that cake analogy. You know, I wouldn't have a clue where to start making cake. I can barely make toast. But one thing I would do if I was going to do it is I'd get everything laid out in front of me and go, right, okay, these are the ingredients I have. This is what I can make. Not, well, I've got all those ingredients, but I'd actually like to make a four-course roast dinner, but I haven't even got chicken. Like, you, you kind of have to have lots of food going this on is, here. This is the, the food analogies. <laughs> so many food analogies. But you, you've got to look at what wrong, you've please. got. And just think to yourself, actually, you know, we've we've got to work with what we've got and, and we've got to sort of put things in into perspective a little bit. And then, as I say, defensively, you know, I, I'm quite impressed. I, th- I think we've got very lucky with Gabriel, by the way, because, yep. you know, he, he was he was always very good in France and he was very good at Lille. I didn't think he'd have as, as a big an impact as he's had. And I think I think already he's become a leader in that defence. And, and it's interesting that, that he's getting in ahead of David Luiz. I know he was he had a, a, a child in the, at the weekend, but not him personally, but his partner. But um, it's clear that Gabriel's the first pick and holding, having been out in the cold pretty much on his way to Newcastle, is now seemingly first choice as well. But I just I just think that we've all got kind of short memories sometimes and, and it's important that we kind of take a bit of stock and go, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, there's a lot of, as exactly what Tom said, there's a lot of good things about what we're doing and there's a lot of progression. But I'm, I'm just worried that the regression is is starting to creep up heavy um, and a couple more defeats. And I, I worry that it will get very, very toxic again. And, and that's never good for our lot. What I think about like the regression side of things is whilst I've kind of set my stall out very much in the case of we need to stick with this guy until the next transfer window until we can get this in. That it doesn't mean that it excuses if we go on and draw the next 10 to 15 games nil-nil like because we haven't created anything, we haven't scored. We still need to do that. There are no excuses for not doing that. Um, I think ultimately he needs to start trying different players. I think he needs to start rewarding players that are doing well yep. in yep. other areas yep. of the club. Like If, if say, Emil Smith-Rowe continues to bang the goals yep. in for the under-23s, bring him in. Get him playing because that's how you reward and show that these young players have got a route into the first team and they can progress. Willock, I thought, was the right... It was the right game to put him in. Put him in against Leeds. Yeah. He had a really good game against Mulder in the yep. Europa League. He didn't really take that opportunity, I felt, against Leeds, to be honest. He was sprightly in the first half, but he kind of trailed off towards the second. Um, and, and clearly when Bakaya Saka came on, we looked a completely different side. And that just goes to show how much emphasis there was. Here is in that young man to be our most creative figure in the team. Um, who I should say, Hector Bellerin set up exceptionally well. Sorry, Deacon. Um, but, yes. uh, but yeah, he did set up I've got this. I've got up. this thing, because I've been doing live reactions <laughs> on, my, uh, on my Twitch. I, I've live reacted pretty much to every Arsenal game, just on my own, just getting pu- you know purely frustrated. Every time yeah. I've been getting annoyed with Bellerin or Pepe, 
uh, Pepe, I think the last time I got annoyed with Pepe, he uh, he went on and scored that what that 30, 40 yard run and just sprinted and buried it in the bottom corner. And I went, Sheffield United, yeah. <laughs> that's, called the, um, right. that's called the John, that's called the John Welsh curse in ABW land. That's, Every time that's John the one, says that's everything, that's so, what happens yeah, to it. As much, as much as Bellerin annoys me, I want every, I want Arteta, I want Bellerin to prove me wrong. I want to be proven wrong. I, you know, I'm a realist. I get frustrated like every, you know, like an every normal person, but you just want to be proven wrong, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, 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 Aziz is in the squad for uh, Thursday, which is going to be great to see. If Aziz has a really good game against mm. Mulder, you have to think that. And that's what I have to say is frustrating me about the Saliba thing, especially considering like the Mustafi situation. Mustafi supposedly has rejected a contract offer from Arsenal, whether you believe that or not. Why on earth we are persisting to put Mustafi into the squad when you can put <laughs> Saliba on the bench just to give him some minutes if, say, we're 3 0 up, which I know sounds like a dream, um, but if, say, we are happen to be 3 0 up in a game why why not just put him why not give him that we little know, bit of mental boost that he we know for a fact him? we know for a fact that if we played Saliba we would give him leeway mm. look mm. what look what happened to holding look what happened to holding it t- only takes a quick turnaround Chris said it right frozen out going to Newcastle now he's very much prevalently in in the first team Saliba's going to make mistakes. We know that. We were expecting it with Gabriel, but he's just hit the ground running, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, mm. I I just don't get why he's just not in and around the team, Saliba. Yeah. And then once again, that's like Arteta shooting himself in the foot thing. Yeah. And at what point are we going to take the glasses off and go, right, everything's not rose-tinted. Not everything's walking around. Everything's red. Because you know the love for Arsenal, we need to look at we need to look at things sometimes with 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 uh, less emotion and more. Okay, well, this isn't going right in this certain situation. I get I've like the many times I got frustrated at the substitution choices and first team choices. Williams not worked, Pepe's not worked in certain situations. Reward someone else, like you said, Emil Smith Rowe. Why didn't you reward him? Give him a start. When I saw Reese Nelson coming on uh, last night, sorry Sunday night, I was like. Fantastic. I love Reese Nelson. That's brilliant. He's going, he's going to run, he's going to work hard and he's going to play for mm. the shirt. Right. Mm. And then I find out the only reason he's coming on is because William came back from Dubai. The, <laughs> the only, the only thing I would say on, on Saliba, um, or the only two things I would say is the first thing to say is don't panic that we haven't bought no. a, a third division trash center half. He's we, a very, very talented that. centre. Yeah, we absolutely. Know that. That's the annoying thing. That's the annoying thing. If we were ignorant and and this was before social media, we'd have more faith. But we know things more now. You can't hide yeah. this sort of. We can research yeah. and yeah, find you, out what he's done that. and watch games. We can we can do that yeah. all now. You can't hide that from us. We know that he's better than the half the half the centre backs that are in the first you know in and around the first team squad. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the only other thing I would say on, on Saliba is that, you know, we've just said that we've just sort of spent, you know, a podcast talking about the attack. The one area that's working, and we're all saying we want a defender in the team. <laughs> we've got two defenders that are actually doing on the whole yeah. a bloody good job. So I, I get it, you know, I get it. But at the same time, Saliba isn't going to change anything about how we attack or transition the ball out of defence. We're doing that bit fine. Um, you know, we, we probably, uh, oh, am I going to open that box? We probably could have a goalkeeper that distributes the, better, the ball slightly better. Oh, God. Don't open that box. We all know. We all feel the same. Leno is not a problem. We all feel the same. He might be playing very well for Aston Villa at the moment. I don't know. Just putting it out there. I, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 just, I just sort of... I just sort of feel... 
I just feel like we're, you know, we're trying to change what actually is working fine um, defensively. Well, I yeah, say working saying, fine. Yeah. Holding improved, doesn't yeah. need to change at all. <laughs> no, no. And, and if, I, if we're looking at this team, chopping and changing the defence is not what we need oh to do. Oh, God, like, can you imagine? <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be losing the Leeds 5-0. And I, and I exactly. quite I quite like the fact that you know that we are looking defensively better. I mean, Tierney can be our left-back for 10 years easily if, yeah. if, if things go well, 20. until, of course, we sell him to Barcelona or something because he's too good for us. Um uh, you know, I, th- I think Hector. You know, yes, there's pluses and minuses, but I think overall, I'd rather have him than not have him, and, until there's a, a better option available or, or not. And, and yeah, the I two centre halves have been good. I don't get the Max Aaron's thing. I don't get that. I don't understand no, I, why I, we didn't take a punt. I, 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 I saw. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. The only thing Just I would say again is attacking fullback. He, we would probably wouldn't have deployed in the same way, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, they sent the half. So I've been really impressed with holding because you know people have forgotten as well. This is a guy who came back from a, a career-changing injury. It's not just a guy who was out of favour for six months. You know, he's come back. Uh, if anything, a better defender, um, less hair, of course. But uh, speaking of less hair, Danny. But um, yeah, I, I think I think holding's been really good, and I like the partnership with Gabriel. They're they're kind of a good a good blend, and I get the impression that they're uh, they sort of get on on the pitch as well as off the pitch. They seem like a good fit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's the only thing I'd say with Saliba. I think we're ha- having him. The biggest, the biggest thing that we got wrong in the Saliba situation was just not letting him go back to Saint Etienne in the summer, and we quibbled yeah, over a couple of million quid. And and Saint Etienne went four at eighteen. That blows my mind. You say he's a big, the yeah. big thing. And I, was, oh, I instantly and went see, to yeah, he's the big guy actually. Yeah, and you <laughs> see him playing the reserves, and it's like you know, it's like that kid who who goes back to his school for a reunion and just dribbles around the year sixes at playtime. It, you know, it's Robbie, like, it's Robbie Williams Jack. That's what it is. He's yeah, just walking around. <laughs> yeah, and he, you know, he, he it's just a shame because his development is going to waste in our reserves when he would be playing. He'd be in St. Etienne's yeah. back four right now. I tell you that because yeah, they're really 100%. struggling this season. They're frustrated <laughs> apparently that it's, uh, <laughs> if you go but go by anything that uh, sports media are telling you, they're frustrated that they didn't get him back on yeah. loan this season again. We, we wanted um, a loan and fee and, and they went no. And that tells and, and you I everything. I don't understand why we, we've said no and then not put him in the team. Mm. And all, all we had to do was when we signed him, just said to St. Asian, look, you know, we'll leave him on loan until the summer and, and put another loan deal in place so that if things don't work out over the summer, he can go back on loan for another season. Chelsea have made a, a career out of this. Sending players on loan for a season with an option of a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. There's that one striker, I can't remember his name. Um, oh, oh, forget him. You know the one I mean, don't you? know exactly. Lucas uh, Piazon, who's been to that's that. That's the <laughs> That's the guy, yeah. He's been out like yeah. 10 times, you know. And, yeah. and some of them come back better players and some of them don't. But when you that's spend it. 27 million on a, on a kid and then you leave him in our reserves, you know, Balogun is another one. Everyone, I don't watch. Do you the think kids there's enough, too many but... chefs at the top, at the level, with too many miscommunication with what's what's expected uh, and everything like that? They give, they've given too much to Arteta too early, maybe, um, which did surprise us. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a risk. In they've that. got rid of so yeah. many people. No, I get that. I get that, but it's but because they've got rid of so many people, there's no real hierarchy, so they're all kind of just all pitching in, which no, is which sounds great yeah. theoretically, but maybe there is a fault in that where there's a miscommunication or a miss or mistrust, you know, Chinese whispers where right, we're gonna not get rid of, we're not gonna put Saliba out for loan again. Oh, but we're not using him in the first team. I think they had to like over accountability I think, for sure. Like, I think they that, had to give up that to full range, didn't they? They couldn't, yeah, they couldn't sort of go half and half. No, no, no. And I think also you look at like the ownership and whilst I've praised them on the pod by saying that they are starting to invest, which is great and was what we've asked for for a long, long time. But 
from reading that piece by the Athletic, if you have if you have had a chance to read it, it came across very much like still they are kind of just overseers uh, and they just like sign things off if the, if the if Edu or Arteta says it's the right thing to do then they do it but Arsenal are now getting rid of so much infrastructure of Husfami going with Raul Sanyehi going with Brian McDermott and Francis Kajigao and all of these different scouts and, and different parts that within the club are going there are less people making decisions which is in a way good because it means it's it's quicker to get these decisions across the line and we, we're more proactive in the market at times but it also means that there are less opinions and less points of view when it comes down to decisions and also when it comes down to Arteta if if he say does something that looks a bit weird and he can't see it, there's not other people that are there to say, "Hang on a second, mate, is that the right thing to do?" You've got this yeah. young kid Saliba. You're persisting with Mustafi, even though he's likely going to leave in the summer. Should we chuck him into a few games? There's probably not enough people that are telling him to do that. So I think that there are obviously pros and cons to this streamlining section. I think there are honestly more pros than there are cons right now. And obviously, it's horrible seeing people lose their jobs. And we, you have to at the end of the day move on from that moral point of view to look ahead to what ultimately is best for the club but you look at what's going to happen I think over the next year 18 months or so at the club with what's going to happen with who else might come in from an infrastructure level if we the club are apparently looking at bringing in a senior figure in terms of like that not the Raul Senyehi that involved but they're looking at getting someone in at that kind of level at the club again I, I would pray for someone like Ralph Ranić, but I don't think it would be that kind of figure. I don't think that would be too much power that they're looking to bring in, but someone they want to bring in in that kind of capacity. So it'll be interesting to see what changes, but ultimately Arteta does need to focus on the team. But as we've just pointed out there, he does kind of need a second opinion at times. And is he going to get that from his... I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I look at his coaches and I just feel that... I just get a bit of a yes man yes, feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody nobody questioning. That's a little bit. It's what I liked about the It's what I liked <laughs> about the Renga um, days. Renga had yes men, didn't he? Yeah. Well, to, I just, to, I yeah, yeah, well to to a degree, but Pat Rice was not a shrinking violet. If he thought Arsene no. was talking shit, he would he wouldn't say it publicly. And he but left, he would but we continue to decline. So yeah, exactly. Mm. I think a good number two is good in more ways than one. And and the the chap who under Unai Emery, the chap in the shorts, Casada, was it Casada? Yeah, I mean he he was always quite a he was quite a you know demonstrative presence on the touchline, wasn't he? And and you know for for all for all of the successes, you look at the Ferguson era. The number two played such a pivotal role, and and I I do. I'm not saying yeah, I'm sure Steve Rand does a great job, but I agree with Tom. He, he does strike me as a bit of a yes sir, no sir, three bags. He's, just, he's very guy. happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. and and that he's got that. He's be... got that very happy to be there kind of thing. You know, Mike. You know, I yeah. may have said a couple of things on my CV that aren't quite correct, and I got a fantastic job. Like, don't get me wrong. I I, he's, he's not put a foot fault, uh, foot wrong. Sorry, but he's not. He's not stepped out from the shadows. He's just. He's just sitting behind Arteta, mm. uh, agreeing with the decisions being made. Ultimately, when you're the manager of, of any football club at whatever level, if it's kicking around a park or if it's at the very top level of the game, you you ultimately make the decisions. Like, it doesn't matter what your assistant says. Ultimately, you will make the decision. But it's just nice occasionally. Um, sorry to use a Sunday league analogy, but I I always hated it having... I liked having an assistant manager because it's someone else to fill up the water bottles and someone else to do the team sheets while I was still... Whatever. But it, but also, occasionally, and hopefully none of you are watching this, occasionally my assistant manager would go, oh, have you thought about you know trying this formation? Have you thought about that? And I, to their face, I'd be like, no, no, 
I'm playing it my way. We're doing it this way. That's it. Yeah. Fuck off. Not interested. <laughs> Secretly, I'd go home in the bath that night, sit there and go, I'm going to play three at the back tomorrow. I'm going to just say it was all my idea. Because you do. You're not going to come out and go, do you know what? Actually, that's a really good idea. Because then it makes you look weak and it makes you look like you didn't yeah. come up with that yourself. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. We wouldn't know if somebody was saying to us, have you tried this? So he could take all the credit. You know, so I, I do wonder, I, I want, like, what, what's happened to Per? Like, he's gone so quiet, hasn't he, since since he's sort of moved up? We don't hear anything from him anymore. Well, we'd like to speak out about You know, I don't know. Maybe just another... <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you think Steve Bowles would be... What about David O'Leary? Would he not be an option? Mm. But Steve Bowles, I mean, Steve, I don't even... You don't think he, he would... the grass these days, or...? Well, uh, he, he had uh, he had some issues going on personally. That's the reason why he stepped down. Um, oh, was it? Okay, the, yeah, it was gay. He was trying to get out of the limelight. Um, I think like uh, family divorce and stuff like that. That's why. That's oh, that's fair enough. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, So he wanted to take a step back. That's the reason why the uh, the Jungberg switch up switcheroon uh, happened. But do you think Steve Baldwin, like you know, that's an internal uh, switch? Depending on his current current circumstances, I don't know if they've got any better. But do you think he could maybe? Mm. Um, have a be able to be you know stand up to Arteta and, and and be able to you know give alternative ideas like you were saying. I don't think Arteta would stand for that to be honest. I, I no, well, that, that, and that's that's the yeah. problem. That's, that's do you the think there's more? Well, then, do you think there's more to it about the Jungberg thing than you know the fact that he says he had to step away because he I, wants to I take it to the I next level? Do you think? I yeah. I think there was. He looked invested like he wanted to hang around, but I don't mm. think Arteta wants anybody that's Jungberg's going to be. He's you know I mean he's. He's he's Youngberg. He's Freddie Youngberg. Do you know what I mean? Everyone remembers and, and loves Freddie. Um, to uh, d- do you think that was you know slight jealousy and worry that uh, the limelight would be put on him like it was for a short period? Because we gave well, he's him not got another job, has he? Like, we no, that's it. Married. That's it. Like, I, I think there's so. more to it. I think there's definitely more to it. I think that I think the you know well not the board level obviously because it doesn't really exist anymore. But um, you know the the system, the hierarchy system at Arsenal. I think there's a lot of things going on behind closed doors. There's probably um, going and, and, and spreading out onto the pitch with that sort of that negative outlook maybe I don't know what's going on but it's yeah. not pleasant obviously there's been a lot of chops and changes you know even with the Gunasaurus situation and then Ozil doing what he did and then you know you can't do right from wrong and, and everyone's just getting at each other's throats and everyone's just trying to be as negative as possible nobody looks at a situation and tries to see the positives it all just gets a little bit much and, and it makes you think what's going on behind closed doors if this is going on right in front of our faces right um, it's, it's interesting how Man City have changed since Arteta's gone, though, isn't it? That's, that's the only other thing I would say in terms yeah. of, you know, because a lot of people said that he didn't get the credit he deserved when he was when he was working with Pep. And uh, I don't know who the new assistant is, but you you don't really hear about the the work that that's being done. Like it almost watching Man City at the moment, it almost feels like Pep's got too much going on, and he hasn't got mm-hmm. an art. It's almost like he keeps turning, going, "What do you think?" Oh, he's not there anymore. It's, it's almost like he could do with him. So there, there's obviously right. a lot of good things, but it, yeah, it's right. just not quite. Uh, Tom's got to go in a second because it's uh, he, his missus has been kind enough to pause the show or delay the, the, the playing of the Bake Off for, for quite no adverts, Tom. We've done you a favour. Um, one amazing stat, my favourite stat of the season. Yet again, here you go in in our in our thing there I've put Tom's channel uh, it's the Goon Talk TV it's uh, one of my three favourite um, Arsenal well one of my four it's the Goon Talk TV same old Arsenal um, those twats in America that don't know what the fuck they're doing and the Highbury squad and uh, yeah I think that's the main four I watch at the moment oh I watch a bit of Harry as well 
and uh, oh, obviously oh, Owen, but Owen's just, is a newborn podcast, and so is the uh, the uh, Not Enough Arsenal podcast. There's so much good stuff out there at the moment. But my favourite stat of the season was from your bloke last night, who I've just been and look, Cochrane. He said last season Arsenal conceded 14 goals from set pieces. This season we're the only team to score to concede zero goals no. from set pieces. Tom, what do you make of that? It's, it's impressive. I think it is one of the clear things that obviously we are improving on. I think it's one of those stats. It's like I said right at the beginning of the show. It's I, I disagree when people say that we are we are still regressing because if you look at the comparative fixtures that we've played this season compared to last season, we're two points better off and we're two goals goal difference better off as well. And I think that there is there is that emphasis on moving forwards. I just think that ultimately it's going to be a bit shit for a bit. Like it's going to be it's going to be a bit tepid for quite a bit, and uh, we may just have to be okay with that for a little bit. But if it does persist to the point where it's getting ridiculous, I'll hold my hands up and be like, "I was wrong. It was always going to be like this, <laughs> and uh, I was just leading a hopeful life." But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm fingers. You can't be wrong this. for that. You know what I mean? Trying to be positive. Yeah. You know, Tom, you're, you 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 told me some things tonight that I didn't really know about. I'm going to be, you know, hold my hands up and, and say that I've gotten so frustrated with Arsenal recently. You know, I lost my, lost my shit uh, streaming yeah. today, you know, playing uh, playing as Arsenal on Football Manager and losing the season on the last game, the last game. You know, it, I lost <laughs> I lost my shit. And maybe it's maybe it wasn't just the and I rage quit. I just I completely turned off the show. I was just like, I've lost it. Um, you know, it's the negativity of the IRL Arsenal and it's the negativity of that. And it kind of just drips down. But you've told me some great things tonight. But, you know, I, you want to be proven wrong. You know what I mean? If you're in a negative mindset and to have a positive mindset with what's going on right now, I think it's it's, it's refreshing and it's needed uh, with a fan base. It's, it's not like this is a, a, new, a new song being played on the radio. We've been playing this song for many years. The, you know, you hear it all the time. Oh, the Arsenal fan base. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, but we've been like this for a while because we're just, we're always frustrated and we're always expecting more. And it's relative. It's my favourite word of, of, of the world is relative. It's all <laughs> relative. Yeah, I, right. I say that word all the time. I live and breathe with that word. It's, but it's relative, man. Let's try and, as Tom said, let's try and be more positive. Um, but there's going to be, there's going to be a moment when it's, I think, uh, I think all the cards are going to be laid out on the table. Um, I tried to think of like a food analogy, but I couldn't. So I'm going to go for a poker one. Um, <laughs> well, the cards are going to be laid out on the table and we're going to see exactly what hands were played. Um, and uh, we'll find out if Arteta did the right decision with the Saliba, Ozil and every other situation with the William Bellerin situation. Everyone held to different standards. Who knows? It might work out. It might not. But we'll see. Right, Tom, you've got to go now. Thank you very, um, Cheers, very much for your time. Uh, tell people where they can find you on the Twitters and the YouTubings. Yeah, at the Goon Talk TV on Twitter. Uh, find us on YouTube, and uh, yeah, you get some good stuff, daily content, and uh, and your blogging, your one hundred one. Oh yes, I, that's what I'm full time writing now. One hundred one great goals. So check those guys out, and uh, and yeah, some interesting stuff. There was a great story today about uh, Dennis, who plays for Club Brugge. Uh, not going to the Dortmund game because he didn't get his favourite seat on the team bus. Um, <laughs> so he refused to go. So check that story out because it's quite funny. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys and an absolute uh, honour to be back again on the platform. So I appreciate your time, guys. Cheers, Tom. It's great to have you back. Cheers, Tom. See you later, guys. Have a good one. Lovely to meet you, See you later. Bye. See you, See you later. There you go. You can go and find Tom at the Guna Talk TV on YouTube, one of my favourite YouTube channels. And I'm not just saying that because he was here, because I'm saying it when he's gone. Um, right, gentlemen, let's, should we do some questions? Sounds yes, like let's. a fantastic idea. If you cheeky monkeys have got any questions that you would like to, uh, hold on, I've got to highlight something else now. There you go. I'll go and do 
Tony's and then get rid of it. There we go. He's gone. And he put the banner up for another quick mention for the lovely people at manscaped.com. Got hairy balls? Go to manscaped.com, use the code BIRDCAMP, get their shaver thing, and then use it and you won't have hairy balls anymore. No one wants hairy balls unless you're really fat like me and you've got no choice because uh, I've not seen them since the 70s. <sighs> Sad times. Right, so we're going to go. If you've got any more questions, put them in the chat box. I might answer them. I've been making notes here. And first question is from Call Me Puban. Call Me Puban from Twitch. What do you guys think will, in quotes, save and put Arsenal back on top. Um, Deacon, what do you reckon? I think he's one of your lot, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's, uh, he, he, Sounds like a scumbag. He's an, old, he's an old follower. He's been following the channel for, since like 2017, but he's popped back in. They always change their names. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, Deacon, how are you? I'm like, oh, one you? of my fucking <laughs> hates that are? is, what we have got, we have got here, Travis, he's a different name, you know, what's that group? Yeah, it every bloody like, thing. Can you just keep it? Jesus oh, Christ. Jesus. Anyway, one of the worst is Tony. We, he's got 46 we, accounts. One of them's <laughs> Um, Big Bunny Kane, I think that's him. I don't know. Go on, answer the question. I'll shut up. Uh, we, we all know the answer to this, don't we? Uh, creativity. Um, yeah, we've got some structure and, sol- and, and and solidarity in the back, which is absolutely incredible. But uh, Arteta can't micromanage. We need people that have got the ability to make decisions on their own and being able to have the permission to do that. It doesn't say... Uh, uh, Danny Sabas has been playing well, but he's very much, you know... He's just kind of just been chucked in and fitted in as best as possible because we couldn't find a better alternative. I don't think if we signed a creative player, I don't think that that, that, that you know uh, Danny Sabas would be possibly coming back um, uh, for a second season. Who knows? Um, but creativity, we don't have anyone that can sort of kind of ch- uh, transfer the ball from the mid to the to the attackers. We don't have that. We're playing a Bamiyang out on the left. We're playing Pepe out on the right. Neither of those guys are known for being able to carry the ball very well. You don't want Arte- you don't want a Bamiyang to try and dribble through two or three players. Yeah, he's he's a tall, athletic guy that cuts in from the left hand side, but he's not Thierry Henry. He hasn't got that ball quality. That's not what we signed him for. We signed him for being that killer instinct uh, finishing quality that he's got uh, to not think too much, just bury the ball in the back of the net and pe- and and Pepe. You know, we signed we signed him from a, a, a very counter-attacking team and we're trying to use him in a, a possession-based, structured, where you have to be creative, but in very simplistic terms. Um, and we're expecting those guys to be the guys that carry the ball through to Lacazette, who's been woefully out of form. So creativity, creativity, and, oh yeah, creativity. That's what we need. And we needed it. We needed it. We needed it just as much as we needed to sign party. Someone to sit in the middle of the park. Both of them were were screaming urgencies. Uh, You know, it could have gone either way. We know we could have signed someone creative. We we could have signed someone like party, but we need both. We need both. Chris, I'm sure you've asked a good answer. Chris, I'm sure you've got to go soon. So however, how soon you go, it depends on how quickly you answer the questions, (laughs) which uh, I I just just agree. (laughs) <laughs> I just agree. I, I, I can't think, agree to I this think... one. Richard Garrett okay. says, "For Chris, how is how is Pat doing at Nice? Nice. He's working at the Nice Biscuit Factory in in um, Boulogne-Yon-Yon. He's he's not doing very well. Is the truth? Um, he's not really impressing many. Um, and it's it's a shame. Myself and Jeremy of the French Football Weekly podcast are both. We've been discussing this on our pod recently." We, we both are a little bit gutted that we have to say this, but he's, he's not been doing very well. His transition from MLS where he managed New York City and looked like a, a sort of up-and-coming 
uh, manager. Even some talk that he would be in the frame for the job before Mikel and, and Freddie before him came in. Um, but he, this is the first season where he's had pretty much the players he wanted to sign. He's had financial backing, um, <coughs> had free reign to do everything that he wants, and, and Nice are not particularly performing. Um, they're, they're, they lost 6-1 in, in the Europa League a few weeks ago to Leverkusen, which is never good. They lost to Sparta, Slavia Prague as well, and, and their Liga form has been very, very patchy. So, um, unfortunately... So far, not so good. It, things can change, of course. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's not doing very well at the moment. How's Thierry doing in the Canada land? He's not doing too bad, actually. Yeah, he took the uh, Montreal Impact to the playoffs. I believe they went out first first stage. But, uh, yeah, he, he's um, he's still fairly fresh to the job. But I think, I think he's impressed quite a lot of people in his short time there. So, um, And I hope it works out for Thierry. I think it's a good... It's a good job for him to have uh, to cut his teeth. I think um, other jobs were a bit too soon for him. Monaco was far too soon for him at that level of That's experience. Possibly. I mean, um, potentially. A bit, still a bit early to say, but yeah, could, could be. I'm know. fully behind Arteta and everything that he does. I don't think the only thing yeah. he can do wrong and is, is William. And to the side. And that, that might well go. Um, yeah. Deacon, is uh, Rick D891 of your lot? He is. Oh, here we go. Question He's a fellow Arsenal boy as well. Oh, good. Cool. And, and we call him um, on the Discord, we, on the Dryland Discord, we call him the, the god of tactics because Ooh. the guy, uh, he needs to be nerfed on Football Manager. He's just playing him on a draft, a fantasy draft on Football Manager. It's just, it's pointless. You might as well just give up if Rick's in it. Um, the guy's just unbelievable. So, some Maestro put down in a little bit afterwards, he says, you know, we should get. Uh, we should get Rick to pick the tactic for Arsenal. Um, but what was the what was the question? Sorry, he says, "Do you think we have to drop the three four three? If so, what formation should we be playing?" Yes, I think that we should be dropping that. Um, I think that we we've showed in a, a few occasions that we can play a four at the back, and that gives that op- extra opportunity to stick a man in the middle of the park. Um, and uh, you know, we played Willock in the in the pocket by apparent. You know, apparently we played Willock in the pocket and it was, it was good. He was chasing the ball down, um, but he's not got that creative pass that we're, that we're lacking. You know, I like Willock. It frustrates me in, in times, but you want him to succeed. You want him to do well. You know, um, he's one of the young lads, but uh, yeah, I think we could, I think we could definitely go back into, I don't know whether we'd go back into maybe uh, a, a guy sitting in the number 10 role, because I feel, I don't know football, maybe who knows football might be going back in that direction. Um, but playing out from the back is important. But I think we've got the quality in the centre back between uh, between Gabriel and Holding to be able to transition that ball out. Uh, and then we don't have to rely too much on on Tierney and Bellerin to do so much down the wings. There's only so much they can do, uh, and and do the overlap. So yeah, I, I definitely think we could do uh, something something uh, with just a back four. What what happens after that? I don't know. Maybe even two in the middle of the park and then two up front. You know, uh, like a four triple two. There's loads. We're not. We're not. You know, it's not. Football's not one-dimensional. We can do so many different things. It doesn't have to be. So at one point, somebody said, "Let's do five at the back or three at the back with uh, with uh, with pushed-up wing backs." Somebody said that one day, and then they did that. We could do something a little bit different and be and be the be the leaders in that regard. We need creativity. We don't have it. Let's try and create a formation where it, it gives us that little bit more leeway to be able to give more players the opportunity to be creative. If we don't have that overall person that can do it all himself. 
<clears throat> Good answer. Right. Uh, another question uh, from Phil Macker, Chris, from our YouTubings. Is Arteta being naive with his tactics or simply overcompensating for a defence that he doesn't trust by having the entire team defend? I miss us shooting and scoring. I think he's saying, should we shoot more? Should we shoot more? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I, mean, I think we're, we're not creating enough of... chances to shoot, shoot more. Yeah. I, th- I think we've sort of covered that, haven't we? In in, in terms too of tonight's yeah, um, we're just too, we're overall, just too but yeah, I think I think structured is one way. Another word I need is rigid. Um, you know, we look very clunky. We we don't really flow. Um, that I I know I know that we can't hark back to the invincibles. But you watch some of the football that we played back then. Not so much how we played in terms of the setup and the four four two. It's a different game, of course. But the speed of the counter-attacks, that's what I miss. It's the speed, the uh, the transition from back to front at speed. And um, I don't I say I don't like admitting it, but Liverpool is probably the closest I've seen in terms of the Premier League to, to that style of play where they just move the ball so fast from one end to the other. Leicester, to a certain degree, but let's not give Brendan Rodgers any credit. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's that's what I miss. And, and to use a Wengerism, it's taking the handbrake off, isn't it? That, that's kind of what we need to do. Love a classic I, quote. I love a classic quote. I, I guess if I was Mikel, um, as I sort of sat there with a, with a, you know, an orange juicer at night, I, I think I think I would just maybe be thinking to myself, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I've, I've got a pretty good defence, barring that absolute calamity against Villa at home. We shouldn't really be conceding more than one or two goals a game. We might actually outscore some teams. Why not let loose a little bit? So uh, maybe a little bit more of the uh, Europa League-isms into the Premier League for me. But yeah, that's uh, that's my only sort of thought on it, really. Jeez, I know you see it was a complicated answer. Right, yeah, Julian yeah. Salmondo, our Colombian correspondent from Discordio, he's got two questions. One, a quick yes or no for fuck no from either of you. Uh, he says, if Poch intimidated had dis- no. intimated a desire to manage Arsenal, would you take it? Well, Chris says no. I say fuck off. Deacon? Mr. One fuck, Mr. One fuck all. Oh, I it's a tricky one. You know, Get your vegetables ready, Chris. We might need to chuck some yeah. in. He's tainted, no. but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. I, I'd have to look at it. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say no. I'd have to look at it. I'd have to look at it. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? I wouldn't say no. I'm not a no. Julian's other half of the question is just for you, Deacon. He says, actually, you can both. I want, I want a quick answer from both of you. Start with you, Deacon. Uh, what price would be acceptable, Chris? Hold on to your seat. Mm-hmm. To sell Pepe, if an offer came in for him in January, possibly back to France, personally, anything around £25 million? Pounds. I'd Vegan. say 35 No, nothing less than 35 40, 35 yeah. I wouldn't sell him. End of story. We'd make, why, why, we'd, why make some of our, we'd make some of our money back if we did 35 to 40 and then, make some of money. We didn't pay £72 million up front. We're paying that over five years. So, we, yeah, you know, we've paid... We've paid 30 odd million thus far maybe 40 so if we can do 35 40 million pounds we've 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 kind of we'll scrub it we'll we'll, we'll chalk it off yeah, stick, so, stick with him stick with him uh, as i said before it's it's, it's not, the, it's not the player it's, it's the system so no we know that we know player, that it's the system. but what's going to change first yeah. 
I mean, if we if we're not okay. going to utilize him the right way, then we might as well give him to Barnet for for a season. So you know, oh, there is imagine that. that. They need oh. it. They need it. They're Barnet have had a tough time. Oh. I went to Barnet last se- uh, the start of last season. They were in a tough time back then, even. And now they're heading yeah. towards the bottom of the conference, and no, we I'm don't guided. need the mighty bees to go back down into the conference south. No, we really whatever don't. Whatever it's called. Bar- I lived in Barnet for years. Gutted about that. I've been there. Oh, mighty and, under- and, as, it. and as for Pochettino, oh hell no. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, again, again, me and Jez fell out with this on our French pod, and you know because we were talking about his PSG links, and, and Jez said that I was being very biased towards um, my love for Arsenal when I said that that he's literally got no CV. He has got literally no CV. I'm sorry. This this aura around this guy. So so he brought through a few young players at Southampton. Well done. That's your fucking job. Well done. Like sorry, no. Okay, he plays pretty football. Well, yeah, and. Like, you've got to actually win something. He also bottled the biggest chance he'll ever have of winning a trophy on the biggest stage. Nah. Fraud. Dee, is this one of yours, the Starkey? That is. It's another Arsenal drylander, yeah. This person says, uh, because he's got a woman in the thing, and I don't want to assume. uh, This bloke says, I would even go for buy one, get one free. When they buy Bellerin, they get Pepe for free. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. No, I'm not. But no. I just think I just think there's better options out there. Everybody knows my most of the drylanders, well, all of the drylanders know about my opinion on Bellerin. Um, I think there's better options out there. Um, you know, paying him 110 grand a week, he, he you know, he's, he's, he he plays he buys a lot of he's, vegetables. He's, yeah, he buys a lot of vegetables. He's invested in Forest Green Football Club. If you don't know that already, you can't he's the only vegan, fully Josh vegan, Lundson. the fully vegan uh, football club, which is which was quite funny. But, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Bellerin. haven't been for, for many, many years. I just think there's better options out there that we could get someone young and promising. As I, as I said earlier on in the pod, Max Aarons, I just I still don't understand why we didn't just take a punt on him. Uh, you know, freshly relegated Norwich. I know they get kind of like a parachute package, uh, relegated uh, clubs that go down into the championship to try and keep hold of their players so they can kind of bounce back up instantly. But we could have put in a cheeky bid and see what the, see what the, you know, see what was going on in that we regard. For 25 million. I would have, I would have, you know, look at Tierney. I'm not saying that they're the same player, but we, you know, we didn't bat an eyelid when we signed Tierney for 25 million pounds. We thought it was a brilliant signing. I just think we should have, I think we should have uh, sniffed around a bit, a little bit more openly because we don't know. It might have gone on behind closed doors, but, you know, mm. try and uh, try and unsettle him. Unfortunately, it's just the way of the world. It's way of football. Do a bit of head hunting and, and try and unsettle him and see if Max Aarons would be interested in coming to the club. And if you want more um, of uh, Deacon going on about this, I've put his link up on the channel. But if you're <laughs> listening to this on, on, on your earbuds, hello, go to Twitch and look for Deacon Entertainment, all one word, D-E-A-C-O-N, Entertainment. It's written, it's written there. On that but the people on there. iTunes can't see that. Oh, okay. It's written behind me. It's, it's yeah. very lovely. <laughs> Just go and find him and then you'll be able to find out what it says. It's uh, It's behind him. Yes. Um, right. Next question is going to be from. How much longer have you two got? Because we've got about another six questions. I've, I've, uh, I'm all good. It's up to yeah. Chris, but I'm, all, I'm all good for the evening. Yeah, if we we can rattle through those last six. That's fine. Uh, fingers crossed, people. This isn't going to fucking happen. Right. Matthew D'Souza from YouTubing says uh, for you, Chris, should it be Arteta's job to maximise Pepe's talent, knowing that if Pepe fails, it's a huge burden on the club. Oh, I like that question. I like it, but it's a very difficult one to answer because there's so many different parts to it, if you know what I mean. There's a lot of moving parts. 
you, you don't build your whole team around one player just because he's because he's been really expensive. But does City feel obliged but, to but, the amount of money the club are in debt for it? I I, th- I think I think he should have been given far more opportunities than he ha- than he has been given. That that's what I would say. If you look back at ever since we've signed him, he's never had a clear run in the team consistently over many weeks, months. You know, sometimes you just have to say to a player, uh, "We'll put you in the team." Uh, you, you don't say this publicly, but behind closed doors, you say, "Look, I'm going to give you five, six, seven, eight games, whatever." Obviously, you're going to work hard. Obviously, you got to do your job. But I'm going to put you in the team, and we're going to play to your strengths. Oh, it, and weirdly, there's a weird thing with with, with uh, Arteta is he's done it with someone like like Alex Lacazette, who, you know, as much as I love him and I do love him, I can't deny he's out of form. You know, people saying, "Oh, he's shit." Well, he's clearly not shit, is he? He was our player of the year two seasons ago. Let's not be idiots. But he is out of form. He does look heavy. You know, he does look heavy legged. He does struggle with with ninety minutes and not making ninety minutes. So. After a while, you have to say enough's enough. You take him out of the team. That happened against Leeds with Pepe. It would be like, "Oh, put him in for two games." Oh, well, he hasn't scored seven goals and set up fourteen, so we'll drop him for three weeks. <laughs> like, give the guy a proper, a proper run. You know, Abamyang is is a prime example. And again, you know, he proved me wrong because I, I had my concerns when we spent <laughs> the money we did to get him. But he, um, he, you know, he was put into the team and he's remained in the team no matter what. And sorry if this is going to offend people, but he's been pretty bloody abysmal for about two months. So, you know, and I know he's our Aubameyang. And I know he's our captain. And, uh, you know, and I know without him, we would probably be relegated by now. Is it two in nine? In the league, what, two nine? yeah, I think, yeah, all season, yeah, and and again, there's a lot of caveats, you know, performance of the team, players playing around him, positions, and all those things that go with. But at the same time, he still has been pretty awful, you know, and and he still gets in the team regardless. So I just would have liked to have seen Pepe given a proper run of games, and I still think he needs a proper run. Uh, unfortunately, um, given the sort of character that that Mikel is, and given what happened on Sunday. I have a horrible feeling that he will now be condemned to the. Uh, I was going to say UEFA Cup and the Europa League teams for the next three weeks, and and he'll probably just be back to the bench on. Uh, it's it's going to be a snowball. Day. It's going to be a snowball. Yeah, uh, and, there, and his value is decreasing. Is there, yeah, we're shooting more, ourselves in foot in that in that situation. Yeah, is there a more beautiful sight than seeing Pepe run at defenders and taking on no. three at a time as they all shit themselves? Yeah, but I we don't it. see it enough. Do you remember Anfield no. last year? When he basically took on the entire Liverpool defence. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. there. Oh, didn't um, he? Wasn't but, he the uh, first person to do, um, the, you know, the, the best defender the world's ever known? Didn't he turn him inside out and make him look like an idiot? Yeah. Good God, I've and remembered I mean, something from a show, a, a game, a film. And, and what was so good about that run? Because we were playing on the counter-attack at speed and we were going at Liverpool on the counter-attack at speed. Something right. we just don't ever do anymore. Quick question for Deke from Tony, Big Bunny Kane. I think that's him. I'm thinking, I'm sure that is that you, Bunny? I'm never sure. He says, uh, I'm too old for game streams. Do you podcast? Well, I would say it's not just a gaming stream. He doesn't just sit there and play. He sits there and has a moan and he interacts. And I often have him on for the... two or three hours in the background while sure. I'm not even watching. I'm just a lot of the time I'm talk. playing Football Manager. If you don't know what Football Manager is, it's uh, it's a database game. It's a numbers game. You sit there and you you pretend to be Mikel Arteta. Um, you can play the, the game as little or as much as you want and you can try and create the Arsenal team that you want. I've got Ben Asir in my centre mid 
uh, area alongside party. Um, great signing he was, but yeah, it's it. But I also do do a podcast. I'm part of walk and talk, which is a, a men's mental health uh, charity. We do one every single Wednesday, 8 PM. Uh, so yes, Maestro has put it in. So if you're interested in um, hearing uh, lads just talking about trying to be more positive and, uh, and getting together and, and breaking down the barriers of men talking about their thoughts and feelings whilst having a moan about football as well. Then we do that walk and talk. We're on, we're on, uh, we're on Twitch as well as uh, YouTube as well. Just walk and talk. You can find us MMH. You'll find us. Thunder Road says, uh, yeah, and if we do another mental health one, then Andy's going to come and join us for it. I can't do it because I'm lucky enough. I don't suffer from anything other than um, delusion. And I don't think there should be a podcast on people being delusional. Uh, Thunder says, if Pepe leaves, Chris, will Arsenal supporters do that lame salute as he goes? As he goes off into the distance, give him a hong hong. The poor, the poor bugger hasn't had the opportunity to do his celebration for so freaking long. <laughs> I don't think anyone will do, at least him. So, yeah. Right, next question. Um, from Big Bunny Kane from our Discord, I think it's him. It could be one of a million different accounts uh, for you, Chris. Does anyone have a platform with Arteta saying, oh, does anyone have a problem? Not platform? What the fuck? How does that platform? say platform, you fucking idiot does anyone have a problem with arteta saying how it is about pepe if so why i think i think the the utes call it he called him out didn't he yeah i I, as i said earlier on the pod i didn't like that i didn't like it i didn't like the no problem with the whole um it was unacceptable behavior because you you do that in a press conference that's fine um you know pepe's come out on instagram and and apologized which is a very token gesture these days players do that anyway and i'm sure he would have been briefed to you were trying to to remember what he said um you were trying to remember what he said um basically the team reacted well when when pepe let them down or something like that yeah that's it i thought that's what you were trying to get yeah that to me that's that's not good man management because that that is essentially saying that as a result of one person's actions, we didn't win the game. And that isn't good enough for me because, uh, again, you know, I don't want to sort of drag it back to Mesut, but it's all right for the club to come out and defend Pepe, with, rightfully so, with the abuse that he took as a result of some of those comments. But yet they didn't want to defend Mesut. Do you know what I mean? So, again, it's that double standard. Different strokes for different folks. Everyone's got their... Everyone's allowed to do certain things. Yeah. Way too many rules for different people. Exactly. Ozil's been scapegoated this year once again. And and I think and and um, Tierney had a bit of a reaction, didn't he? As well, nothing was made of that. And again, I got no issue with that. He was pissed off, and and Alioski was an absolute thunder kind of a twat for reacting the way he did. But unfortunately, Pepe's got to be you've got to be smarter than that, and you've got to not react to little trolls who belong in the championship. But um, you know, he reacted. He he did wrong. I felt like Mikel could have just come out and said one of those party lines, you know. Uh, yeah, Nick, Nico knows he's he's done wrong, and and you know we were disappointed, and and he, he made the wrong choice, something like that. You don't need to say, well, basically because he did this, we couldn't then kick on and, and try and win the game. We know that. I get, we I, I get. We 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 know that. We know that we didn't kick on and go and win the game with what happened. Mm. But I, you know, I think it's it's just spoken from frustration. I think yeah. it's just spoken from. We all we all feel it. It's just we it. He's got the job where he has to try and sometimes mask his emotion. And um, I think he's obviously still learning that. And as I said, that's goes into the point again. I think we've, I think we've given Arteta uh, too much to to think and do in such a short period of time. He hasn't grown into the role. He's been just yeah. gone. Good luck. Are you a bit of a Plymouth fan? Not really. I mean, I try and support 
as best I can in my local area. Are they your area, lower but... league English team? Um, well, I don't really have a lower league English team, if I'm honest. They're my local team, okay. let's put it that way. Well, you keep putting pictures up of them. So tonight it was the, no, the ABW don't. League One derby. Peterborough beat Plymouth 1-0. Yeah, I know. Um, when have Peterborough I ever put... I've put a couple of pictures up when I've run past Home Park. I've never put pictures of Argyle up, ever. Hey, 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 we have no room for facts on this podcast. Do you, well, you, you know, wind facts, your neck in, facts with three X's, yeah. Shut your face. Right, uh, question for you, Deke, from uh, our very own Ginger Josh, the human translucent uh, pre... or more, pre um, 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 What's it called? The slime... Could go anywhere. This Where pre- are you going? No, slime. We were puddles anywhere. with slime, weren't we? Pre- primordial, primordial, DNA? primordial soup. That's it. That's Eddie it. Lord. So Josh is basically Josh. that. Well, he won't deny it. <laughs> he um he says uh, I'm pretty Deke sure he will. Fan... He fucking won't. He says is Deke a big fan of Deacon Blue? <laughs> I uh give me a minute. I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Deacon Blue, Scottish pop rock? No, I have no idea. Probably not. Good. They're shit. Fuck okay. Brilliant. Right, uh, a proper Sorry. question for you <laughs> from Das Vishnu Red from YouTube says, "Is it time? Is time up for Jaka? Is this for me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, time up for Jaka. Uh, I, you know, once again, he's he's he has he has his qualities." I don't know. Jack is a difficult one. He really is. He's a really tricky one. We don't, we don't have it. It's that thing again. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. We don't have creative players. Don't then kick out someone who's got a fantastic passing range. Um, okay. Maybe, you know, he hasn't got the legs to get around the midfield, but you know, that's what we signed party for. Wasn't it? Um, I think keep using him until, uh, until we find something better um, that fits more with our system um, with what Arteta's doing with being structured. But, I just think I just once again I think just Jacka Jacka's just another Giroud. We we've signed and a Pepe. We've signed players that just don't fit in our system. We're just playing a completely different type of football. It's whether that player can adapt and and uh, and try and get the best out of uh, of a bad situation like Giroud did for many years. Um, I think we gave too much flack to Giroud over the years. I, f- I flipping love Olivier Giroud. Still do. Um, kind of massively gutted when we lost him, uh, and he still proves it on a on a basis coming off the bench for Chelsea. Um, so. Yeah, I yeah. For now, Xhaka, keep him around. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think you know we've forgotten about the 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 fu to the fans. Um, you know we've we've just got to move them. We've moved on with that. We you know we're adults. We'll move on from that. And anybody else who's still talking about that, I think they've got better things to fry. They should have better things to fry about. Um, so yeah, for now, use Xhaka. But if we find someone else who can do something better in the position with maybe that fits with what Arteta wants in the long run, then so be it. Very good. Right, um, a question that I've got. There's a couple of... I was listening to the Ornstein pod, which is just propaganda for the Athletic, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and he was saying that Giroud is going to go. He was linked with, as we know, Juventus in the summer. They wanted someone lanky. And what? You? Oh, that's me going Giroud. Come here. <laughs> Bring I your sexy it, beard. Would both of you have Giroud back? I mean, also Mario, Mario Balotelli's on a free. I'd have them both. <laughs> I know he is. He's a Mario Balotelli is on a free. Um, I'm a, I'm a as Balotelli is Jackie fan. Boy. As is Jackie Boy. I've said it for a while. I'd like to bring Jackie, Jackie Boy on a yeah. Jackie Wilshire. Jack Wilshire. Um, oh, I'd bring the King home. And yeah, I'd, I'd bring, bring him back on a on a pay to play basis. I think he would. I think he would buy it the chance to come and play for the Arsenal on a pay to play basis. He'd play for nothing. 
Um, yeah, I think so as well. Um, to have someone in and around the dress, I don't think it's uh, you sign Jack Wilshere to have someone uh, that's going to be a leader on the pitch as much as he might do if he did come on in certain instances. But it would be fe- it would feel like to fans that there was an Arsenal fan inside the dressing room in certain yeah. situations. It drive yeah. home to the players what things mean because we're in a situation now where we're not playing these aren't football clubs anymore these are franchises i think we're we're, we you know this is another conversation for us this is a very long conversation um we've stepped away from the you know when we got bought we know loads of people got bought out and lost their season tickets or no sorry not the season tickets their um bonds their bonds or yeah yeah or their you know well, I can't think of the words. Um, where oh, they own a part of share. So, thank yeah. you. Sorry, yeah, share. You know, you saw people on their Twitter handles. It was like our fourth, you know, two second generation, third generation shareholder. It meant something because we were involved, we we're invested in the club on an emotional and financial level. But now it's not like that. You know, it's very cold and calculated. And there was many instances, like for example, last season when when Leno got injured. Was it last season? Yeah, it was last season yeah. when Leno got injured. Um, oh. and not one single Arsenal player seemed to give a shit apart from Leno. He was the only one who actually went, what you mate, you, what you done was bang out of order. Football's still the only sport, uh, like rugby and stuff like that. If you tackle someone in midair, that's considered dangerous conduct in football. It's still kind of like, oh, well, you know, I'm still going for the ball, you know, whatever. God forbid if something worse happened to Leno and obviously Martinez, thank God he turned into an absolute God. But that could have that situation could have completely crippled our season. We all thought that was going to be the case, but not one single Arsenal player did or said anything. And Jack Wilshere will be the guy to hammer it home to you on the touchline or in a dress or at half time to go, mate. You need to sort it out. I know the I know the I know the fans are going to be really pissed at you. Sort it out. You need to be playing for the cannon. You need to be playing wow. for the cannon. One hundred percent. Josh, the translucent shit. Bring Jenko back if we want a fan. No, don't, no well, one he, even give me. Well, he had the a time cross on him. He had a cross on him. Oh, Jenks. He, he had a cross on him. Can we? And, uh, and Bunny Kane says, uh, "Can we get Jenko back and do uh, <laughs> to do the Vicacker's job?" Little Vic in the uh, Oh Jesus! Right, uh, we've got one final question. Um, Oh, no, don't we got two? Yeah, I'd bring Giroud back. That was the original question. I'd bring uh, Giroud back. Would you have him back, Chris, yes or no? Oh, yeah, sorry, 100%. Big... He's, Fran- he's France's best striker. End of story. He is, yeah. yeah. Good, right, shush. Um, question for you, from both of you, yes or no, from Richard Garrett from the YouTubing. Do you think it's time Arteta asks Spur Camps to be his assistant manager? I'd like to see it. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen, so it's no. it's a moot point, unfortunately. But, yeah. Burkamp's going to tell Arteta how it is. Arteta doesn't want that. No. Mm. Dennis, yeah, will get, Dennis will get a job at some point sooner rather than later, and it'll be it'll make me sad when it's not with us. Uh, I agree. Orpheus Jones from YouTube. I don't know who I'm going to give this to yet. Thoughts on Xhaka at the end of the game? Fair enough using... Uh, fair enough ushering... Tyranny away, but then to go on and hug Aleski is unacceptable. I think that riled Tyranny up more. Now, I think, my point. Thun- I think it was Thunder Road put in the chat there, might have been some earlier. He said uh, that Aleski is from North Macedonia, which is next to Albania, which Jacques is Albanian, although he plays for Switzerland, his brother plays for Albania. And uh, they both come through as youth, as young men at playing in the Swiss League. And so you've got all those things mixed up. So maybe he was Don't trying care. to keep the peace. But personally, I, I'd have set tyranny on him. Don't care. Don't care. Do that. Do that down the tunnel. Mm, your, your, your opponents, your opponents on the pitch. Your, do that down the tunnel. I didn't see it. I genuinely didn't see it. I didn't it. see it either. But if that's what happened, do it yeah. down the tunnel. Do things like that. That happens. Uh, that goes to my point with the with the Brighton game. 
it doesn't feel like the Arsenal players actually know what it means to play for the Arsenal, what no. it means to carry the cannon. And we and, all, and the fans see that and we react. And it's funny how Gunduzi was lambasted for showing a bit of a bit of a grit and a bit of nastiness and a bit of okay, dickhead. It happened, but the problem is, it's because it happened after. It, it happened yeah. at the end of the game. It didn't happen. I, if he kicked off when Leno's on the floor, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be Gwenduzi. I'd be at the front of that queue cheering on Gwenduzi. I'd have pom poms in my hands, giving it large two two on, <laughs> like cleavage out, you know, for 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 dollar bills and stuff for the for the for the number one uh, Matteo Gwenduzi fan base. But he, it was because it was after the after the fact at the end of the game after the whistle. There was no there was no straight reaction right there and then. I think that's what the issue is. I understand mm. where you're coming from, Chris, but I think it's because it when it happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. I just yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of uh, like you know. I, th- I think as you say, it's it's after a game you deal with that. Um, I, I would have just let Tierney just go and beat the shit out of him because I, yeah. I hate, I hate that snidey goading opponents into getting sent off. I say it doesn't, but you can't defend what Pepe did. You should know no. better. Yep. But I fucking hate that. Oh, it was, what? it was. It was twatish what he did, but Pepe yeah. should have been smarter. Obviously, but yeah. we know that we spoke about this a little bit earlier. It was just, it was just an overboil. It was yeah. an overboil of what's been happening. It's, it was good. something was going to happen. It was brewing yeah. for it. He still, he still didn't take the game by the, uh, the scruff of the neck. You know. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think if you go in the UK, we have match of the day. You might be able to go and get it somewhere. And the magnificent Mika Richards, Micah, Mika, who Mika. is a breath of fresh air to pod to um to really? to those. Uh, why the hell they're sticking with those fucking primordial soup scumbag like Danny? Um, what's his name? Murphy. Get the fuck <laughs> off the right telly. You you you're too ugly even for radio. You ugly little troll. Um, no, it's not my mouse. It's Chris. My mouse is very sorry. That's my mouse. Um, yeah, he's shit. And Mika Richards said, someone did it to me. They showed it. He said, I went and got him in the tunnel. I wasn't going he, he to let him get away with it, but I wasn't going to do it on the pitch because I was captain. So Mika Richards, brilliant. Nice beard yeah. too. But that's because um, he's, 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 he's young, he's English, and he knows what it means to play in this country. Yeah, and, he knows and, what uh, it means to the fans. And he knows he what it Scottish. means to the... Well, he is English, but Scottish. He's both, isn't he? Isle of Man. Okay, but he knows what it means. He knows what it means when he comes over here and plays, and that's why I want Jack Wilshire to come back on a pay-to-play basis to get to get. A, it's like having a fan in the room. Excellent. Right, uh, I think that will do for tonight. So uh, thank you very much to Manscaped. I'm going to mention it again. If you if you do go to the website manscaped.com because you've had up of your hairy balls, your hairy bum, your hairy arse, your hairy feet. In, in in John Welsh's case, he has got hairy feet. He has to usually use a lawnmower. He has to get the council to come around and do his feet. I don't know where I've got that from. That might be secret information. What? Yes, and uh, he's also got a crab ladder, which is a very well-used crab ladder. So I think that's what John's using it for, to keep those crabs out of his belly button. Um, I'm not sure that's the kind of thing that Manscaped wanted us to say, but I said go wild, do whatever you want. Go to manscaped.com, use the code BIRDCAMP for 20% off. We've already had uh, our Steph has gone and done it. And uh, I think our Femi said he, he might go and do it. And uh, my one's over there on the table, but I'm too old and arthritic to reach for it, so I'm not going to bother. Um, yeah, so go there, use the code, get to off. They might even, uh, they might do a giveaway. If they send us more shit, then we can, uh, I don't mean the shit as in not good quality, more stuff. They might even do a giveaway. And then one of you fucks can be hairless and you can maybe shave a knacker live on air. That'd be, that'd be a YouTube first. Apparently you can get away with some of that shit if you're the right people. Um, thank you to all of Deacon's people from Dryland who have came in it and uh, joined in and followed and yeah, all thanks, those boys. wonderful things. I appreciate you, you know that. Very good. If you want to go and uh, what's my cut and paste the next one? 
Oh, no, that's no good, is it? That's the wrong fucking one. Um, I'm going to go here, and uh, and seamlessly, I'm going to go here and get Deacon's thing there and select all. Oh, fuck me. You've selected everything in the chat, you prick. Oh, there we go. Fuck and we're hell. live. Cut and paste it. absolute finest. Um, yeah, there's Deacon's channel. Deacon Entertainment on Twitch. He's also on Twitter. What's your username on Twitter? Uh, I'm, Deacon, uh, I'm Deacon Justified. Oh, and are you justified and ancient? Yeah, Deacon Justified. Yeah, I, I, I justify myself too much. So I thought it was quite a good name. Uh, only Chris got drive, justified and ancient do thing. Do you drive an ice cream van, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go and uh, follow him on Twitter. We'll be back on here again. We'll be trying to get him on for a while. And he keeps saying, I'll come on whenever you want. And I said, yeah, I'll get you on. The last two years I've been saying that. I never actually said, right. Yeah, yeah, I've been saying it for two only, years. Only in the last couple of months, I've actually written out the entire list of all the upcoming shows for the whole of the month. And I've been uh, organising them all. And so I will be organising them again coming up. So I should get you on next month maybe if, if you want yeah sure I'm, I'm available whenever I can moan about the Arsenal any given time it's, uh, it's relief for me but I'll also as you said uh, Danny if you do uh, a mental health uh, pod I'm more than happy yeah. to jump on and give my two cents on that um, I, I'm very I'm an open book with my community they you know they know when I'm going through some struggles um, I like to be there for as many people as, as, as humanly possible um, we've all there's always someone to talk to good Nice thing to say. And also there's Chris. Chris, where can people find you on? Yeah, Thanks very much for joining us tonight, Chris. You've been fantastic. We found out the reason why you've not had your Twitter account back. Is that bloody Trump, isn't it? The Trump has done it. They've been so good. I, I, yeah. I got an email. I got an email. Was it two o'clock last night saying, oh, we're, we're aware that we haven't got back to you yet. Sorry about that. If we haven't got back to you within our 14 days, please contact us again. So the fifth email has now gone in to them saying what's going on. What's so, happened? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm out of the loop on this one. Oh, I got, I, I got, I got, I got a DMCA suspension as a result <laughs> of posting, posting uh, some goals from the French league. Uh, so good old, <laughs> good old Twitter immediately banned me. Thanks very much. I thought that's. I thought I've not seen him in a while. Where's he? Where's he yeah, gone? And then oh, there we go. There we go. At, at least three people miss me. So sad, sad times. But so, maybe uh, I'll be back been... one day. They've been too busy banning Trump supporters and uh, banning free speech because they're yeah. fucking scumbags. I hate them. Free speech, yeah. In fact, I hate the people on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You're all and fucking Twitch. assholes. And Twitch. Because they they're owned by Amazon. Yeah. Assholes. Oh, oh, cool. All of them. Yeah. So um, there, we've ended this show on a high, haven't we? Everybody. we're getting three we're getting we're getting three points uh on thursday and we're getting three points on sunday that's that's all i have to say Balogun up front. party that's party back good. we're gonna have a party a party park a party in the uh in the middle of the park mate. this podcast is called um no party equals no party what a shit title. You can thank the translucent shitbag that is Josh for that. And that was the best best of them. You should have seen the shit that Ellis was coming up with. Fucking, in fact, it was so bad. I'm going to thank you very much, Manscaped, uh, Burkamp, 20% off. I'm going to go here, as usual. And last time, Chris, we all gave it a fuck Ellis at the hashtag fuck Ellis at the end. And uh, your one was missed off. So you can end the show, Chris, with, uh, with our customary ending to a show. Fuck Ellis. Would you like to do one, Deacon? I feel bad. I, Ellis is... I remember Ellis from back in the day. He's just he gone back. He spends all day saving yeah, lives. I, I'm pretty, I don't know if this is the same Ellis that used to be yeah. around with my uh, the Arsenal with my blood pod. 
Uh, and all that stuff. No, no, this is Ellis from Norwich. He's he's a nurse at Norwich City. Oh, is he? I don't know who you are, Ellis. I I really apologise, but fuck you, mate. (laughs) Hashtag fuck Ellis. How dare you save people's lives all day, every day? He's an absolute scumbag. He's not really a nurse. He works in the canteen. (sighs) Fuck (gasps) Ellis. And on that bombshell, good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.